What's up, guys? And thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to get to on today's show. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. We got the first trailer for that movie this past week. We'll give you guys our thoughts and what we think about the first rollout we've seen from the film. Also, Zack Snyder with some interesting comments regarding Warner Media and its approach to him and his movies moving forward. I'll tell you why I think he sounds pretty delusional in just a minute. Also, DC planning to cast a black Superman. We knew that news. But then last week, we got the news from uh, The Hollywood Reporter that indeed that black Superman is slated to be Kal-El. That's, of course, a controversial decision. We'll give you guys our input on what uh, on, on that decision and, and how we think that will shake out. Emily Blunt talks about Marvel and Fantastic Four. And we got some two uh, pretty big uh, characters and, 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 and big franchises that could be coming to the MCU very soon. Johnny Blaze rumored to maybe be appearing in Doctor Strange. And the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., characters that we've gotten to know and love a great deal. If you ever listen to this podcast, you know how much we love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, those characters perhaps maybe potentially being rebooted for the MCU. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about on today's podcast. Kendall is my co-host. Shamari, uh, unable to make it to this podcast, but we'll hopefully have him on next week. Kendall, plenty of stuff to get to on the pod. What are you looking forward to talking about most? Uh... A lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, you know, I'm excited to have that Fantastic Four conversation because I love talking about the Fantastic Four. Uh, and you know, you know, look, you know, I always, I always, I have some interesting, uh, I always have some interesting casting ideas and thoughts about potential casting. So uh, that should be that should be a fun conversation. Um, and I, I'm also interested to talk about this. Uh, you know, look, there. You know, I, I want to, I, I want to see your reaction. You know, because look, we're both huge wrestling fans. Uh, yeah. To, to your boy Batista um, taking a shot at Marvel, uh, something that we don't, we don't, we don't normally see uh, from from actors in the MCU. But he, I mean, he, he he's being honest about how he felt about the character with Drax and how he's been handled, uh, and he seems like he doesn't want to be back of the drag so i'm excited to talk about that as well yeah and it's funny because i think that if you follow wrestling and you know dave batista i don't think anything he said or at least the fact that he would say it was surprising because when he was at during the end of his career and his run in wwe he was very clear about things he didn't like about wwe that they did with his character and he's a very outspoken dude so it's it's always surprising to see anyone come at marvel's neck like that but if you told me it was Dave Batista, that takes a lot of the surprise out of it. So we'll get to that later in the pod. But I do want to talk about this uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer. And they did drop it. They dropped the new promotional poster. The promotional poster is fire. Um, but we know what the Sony team can do when it comes to promotional artwork and, uh, and the marketing campaign behind the Venom character. They hit to me. They pitched a perfect game. I thought last last time around. A lot of people thought, "Why are we having this movie? This doesn't make any sense." And for a movie that we see, kind of didn't have the goods when it came to this great story, still found a way to put together trailers and promotional material 
that got enough people to be like, yo, man, I don't know how this is going to be, but I got to at least see it. And a lot of people saw that movie. It was a it was a it was a huge success for Sony. So it's great to see, you know, that great picture then go out and try to duplicate that same excellence the second time around when, you know, you've kind of seen them go through the bad in order once. And can they do they have the same stuff to pull it off again? I'd say for the poster, yes. We see clearly that isn't changed. They they just they get what makes Venom cool and what makes him as a concept just grab people. He's a very visual character. So they the 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 poster with the carnage teeth look, you know, really kind of only our, our only view into seeing Venom full symbiote is just money. It's just a great poster. Trailer uh, thinks a lot, a lot left to be desired on that part to me. You know, I thought that this trailer, for me, and I think one of you guys said it in our group chat, this trailer is basically for the people who liked Venom 1. And let us be clear, that's a lot of people. I'm not, that's not two people, that's not, you know, because some people like say, oh, that's just not that's like for like the whatever people and like they're not going for the larger audience that they need. They might not need anybody else. I mean, a lot of people like that movie. Forget about I don't know what that Rotten Tomato score is. I don't care. I know what the box office score is. I know what the audience score was. I know what just the vibe was of people that were in the theater when we saw it. I know the vibe of people I talk to when they talk about Venom. They enjoyed the movie. So to me, they saw what happened last time. And they said, unlike last time, where I think they kind of played their cards close to the vest, where they kind of played up more of the, the, the suspense aspect of the horror of the Venom character, which is what you kind of would have expected, but then that not, that's not at all what the movie was. Um, they played that up in the trailers, in the promotional material the first time. This time, this was a complete departure from that. This was, no, we're going to tell you, we all about the jokes and the good times. I don't think that works for me, in terms of a trailer being successful, in my opinion, and what I want. Now, you could argue, like I said, maybe they don't need me. I mean, we do this podcast. You've heard us talk about the Venom first movie. I don't think any of us really were great fans of it. Kendall probably liked it more than me and Sham. I know I really didn't like it. I know Sham really didn't like it. So, it might not matter. Uh, But I think that if there was this idea that they could they were they can go and expand venom beyond what they did in the sequel they if that's what they were trying to do this ain't it but i don't think that they were now that i'm looking at it i think that they are like yo we did that 75 million opening weekend number man we do that again we're good and i think they just said just play the hits from the last one I, I think Which that they, I, I think, I think they, I think this, I think they, that part of the reason why the last one actually worked so well was the surprise of the humor. I don't know if you're telling me this is a, a, a you know, a comedy that that's gonna yeah, have the same flawed, effect. Yeah, this is a flawed rollout. You know, I mean, the last one they did such a good job, like you mentioned, with how they rolled it out. Uh, it, it, they, they marketed it like it was a better movie, like we're gonna be cool, we're gonna be edgy. Um, and I mean, they tried to do that, but <laughs> those aspects of the movie were kind of lame. Um, the things that I that I enjoyed, and I'm sure a lot of people, and I you can't, of course, you can't, you can't, you can't speak to everybody, but 
Um, the things that I enjoyed, it were I thought it was a very fun, uh, enjoy enjoyable comedy movie. It's not what they sold me on going into it, but I was able to uh, kind of wrap my head around the fact that this wasn't The Dark Knight, um, and that this was it was a, a goofier, cornier kind of movie. Um, a lot like you know The Mask <laughs> with Jim Carrey or something ridiculous like that. Definitely. And it, it, yeah. if you watch it like that, it works. Um, and so they decided let's market this movie like that. I don't know if that Venom movie does as well in the box office if they would have marketed that movie like The Mask, where mm-hmm. oh yeah, there's some ridiculous uh, character and he's got this ridiculous alter ego and this <laughs> this ridiculous alien attached to him. <laughs> like that's what it is. He's, but, he's, eating, he's eating fish out of a fish uh, out of a fish tank yeah, in a restaurant. Lobsters, like, getting, yeah, lobsters stuck inside stuck inside a fish tank. It's a ridiculous stuff. You know, and those, it was funny, like, a lot of that stuff worked, but, um, that's not the movie that made, that's not what made them a lot of money. So that's, that's what's, that's the stuff about this, is that they saw that and they said, oh, this is what a lot of the people enjoyed, let's just turn it into that. But, inherently, comedy movies don't make as much as action movies, (laughs) because it's harder to sell them to a larger, a larger audience, um... And when you're talking about Venom, who's not a naturally funny character at all, uh, it becomes an even tougher sell. Um, so yeah, I think this is like you said, they're they're they they've decided that we're gonna, you know, this is the stuff that everybody liked in the first movie, so let's this is what this movie's gonna be. That you know, we're gonna accept our identity. We were as I as I as I've said, you know, on this podcast many times, it's a, it, we were an accidental comedy of sorts the first time. Uh, now we're just gonna be a comedy movie. And look, I don't know. We haven't seen the movie. Maybe the first one. Maybe the second one will just be like the first one, um, where it tries to do the serious thing, but you know, the more lighthearted moments are the are the or the stars of the show. But if they try to make it even more lighthearted with a movie that where Carnage is the villain, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how that even makes any sense. You're like trying to do this Inspector Gadget thing with Venom. But then say at the same time that uh that that carnage who's fully you know, you would think that that's gonna ratchet up the intensity and the um you know, the violence of this movie. And but then you, you're also trying to make it more comedic. I I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems like a loss of identity a little bit. I think they are I, I think they're at a they're at a situation where I think they want to you know, I think she's. They just. I don't think again. I don't think they're trying to really go for broke. The movie looks like the same. It doesn't look like much of anything different. Mm-hmm. Same similar set pieces. Same setting. Uh, you know, same apartment. Same dark, dingy hallways and labs and scientists and needles and all the all all the same stuff from the first one. Uh, and then the villain is just a copycat villain and. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie franchise, a superhero movie franchise, do two copycat movies, do co- two copycat villains back to back. You know that that that's that's a rare, it's a rare feat. <laughs> um, and look, yeah, I mean, this not this isn't like news. Like we knew that that they had Riot in the first one, and now they're doing Carnage. Um, but it's uh, well, you know. well, I will say is we well that is true. We we didn't really know that. Uh, Riot was the villain in the first one. We didn't know until we really watched the movie. Right, right. 
who wasn't like super not paying attention. Yeah, it's not it's that, not news. Uh, it's not news. That, that carnage. Weekend, you know, right. once we knew, once we saw the post credits, and you're like, oh, so they're gonna do two, they're gonna do two symbiote villains back to back. Yeah. Um, and look, it's it's Venom, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to confuse it for somebody where I you know I needed uh, Green Goblin to be the villain. Like, right. hey, of course, I can have other alien villains, probably symbiote villains. But my question is going to be, how do you make Carnage different than Riot? And well, I mean, I, mean, I think the that... fact that Riot was some, you know, mustache twirly, evil scientist guy, and and Carnage is going to be uh, an inmate, an inmate at Ravencroft, you know, asylum. What's going to be the difference? We, we don't know right. You know, maybe we'll, that'll be clear in the movie. And there are obviously massive differences in the character, but in terms of the Carnage character. The actual symbiote villain, we there we didn't see anything to suggest he's any different than Ryan. So that's what that's what's going to be key for Andy Serkis, who's now directing this one, is making it clear the the difference in the villain and just the difference in the movie. Beyond the fact that Eddie Brock is now established as Venom, is there any difference in the movie? Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like to me. One of the biggest issues I have with this trailer is you mentioned the word intensity. The one thing about Carnage is anytime he steps in a room, anytime he's part of the situation, the intensity is supposed to ratchet up. Especially if Venom is in that same room or Venom's in that same area code. The situation has just picked up. As JR, you know, Jim Ross, wrestling announcer would say, business just picked up. And to me, when you build this movie as a clash of the titans i need to see that intensity that level of urgency and nothing nothing about venom or the alien symbiote making breakfast for eddie brock screams urgency in fact it almost like they were trying to hide carnage and you can't you just to me you can't do that yeah i don't know what that yeah that 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 didn't make any sense either because we all know what carnage looks like we know like, what he looks like. He's like it was like Venom. the with the first with the first <laughs> Venom trailer, where you say, okay, did they show enough? They showed him at the end. I thought they did a great job, but like there was a question because we didn't know what the 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 visual capabilities were of doing Venom in twenty eighteen or whatever year that was. So there was intrigue. Like, okay, well we gotta wait to see what this is gonna actually look like. So yeah, you don't need to show me Venom for the first ninety seconds of your first tri- Venom trailer. You just show me enough. And they showed enough that made me everybody intrigued. And that was a great first trailer. This, um, I know we did see Carnage, to be fair. But there is no intrigue what Carnage looks like. Carnage is going to look a lot like Venom. But yeah. a little different. And he's right. <laughs> so, that intrigue isn't there. The intrigue is the conflict. The intrigue is the fight. And, again, Eddie Brock... And the symbiote arguing with Miss Chen, the bodega owner. Just nothing I care about when I you tell me Venom, Carnage is in this situation. And I think that that was a grave mistake for them to build this movie as a Clash of the Titans. And not see any even hint of a Clash of the Titans. You watch this movie, there's no indication that you would think that Carnage is even going to fight Venom. Other than he's a symbiote. <laughs> he don't yeah. like, and then you know, and like Woody Harrelson, who I think you know, upgraded his look. I actually, he's one of the aspects of the shirt I did like. Other than him, you know, saying naming Eddie Brock a couple of times, 
in his little crazy man spiel. There's no indication that Carnage is going to fight Venom from this trailer. There's nothing visual about it. Only the words of, of Woody Harrelson's uh, uh, Cletus Cassidy would you get those thoughts. And that, to me, is a huge misstep. Because the whole intrigue of bringing Carnage into the fold when it comes to a situation with Venom is seeing those dudes square up. Either squaring up against each other or squaring up against Spider-Man. No one cares about anything else they're doing. If they're in the same movie. If it's a Venom movie but Carnage is not involved, you could do whatever you want. Or Spider-Man's not involved, you could do whatever you want. Which is what we saw in the first movie. They did whatever they wanted. <laughs> but when you tell people this movie is about Carnage, well now all that we mat- all that matters now is the fight. If we had a Kong, we had we just saw Kong and Godzilla... If they would have showed a trailer where, I don't know, Godzilla is, you know, like, look, there is parts of that movie where Kong is, like, you know, doing sign language or whatever to the little kid. Like, if they just showed only that, that would be a huge problem. That would have been a EJ. failure of a trailer. EJ, we got, we got, we got Shamari in here real quick to talk about, talk hey! about what you thought about the Venom trailer. Hey! You know, the, I know he was not shit. a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm crashing new generation hero talk. That's what's up. <laughs> on, the, on our second record, by the way, because we had an issue with our first record. Um, so I'm happy Sham is jumping on here real quick. What's up, dude? Yeah, man. It's been super busy, man. I mean, yeah, I have no, <laughs> no, no, no time. Yeah, man. Uh, is, I feel uh, you. Typical. Very typical. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I might as well jump in and get my thoughts on this Venom trailer. So Kendall, no, knows how, yeah, Kendall knows how I feel about the trailer. I mean, and I, and I told him before, like, you know, I, I feel like this is a trailer that this trailer was for people that like the movie. <laughs> right. That yeah. like the, right. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. It definitely seems to just push the same kind of tone, the same kind of Venom acting weird. And, right. And, it, like you know, I said, it was like very Eddie Inspector acting, Gadget, very yeah, The know, Mask, Jimmy, Jim Carrey. Yeah, you know, Eddie <laughs> acting weird and, yeah. you know, odd, odd but like horror you know, right. kind of like Halloweeny kind of thing. Right. So I don't know. It was, it's. I mean, I know you were probably you liked it the least, probably out of all. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. I mean, it's here's the thing. Like, it's the movie's not for me. Right. right? The first movie wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. You know, <laughs> I I didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> Some people liked it. it was, right. It was, right. Good for them, but the movie wasn't for me. So the second trailer looked like a lot of the same. Uh, right. So it doesn't look like this one's for me either. I mean, I'll give the, the one thing I can give him credit for. Venom designs on point as it was yeah. last time. Carnage, Carnage design is absolutely on point. Yeah, 100%. as I expect. Um, so I mean, that's about that's about. You <laughs> would did you want to see more tie-in to like the MCU or anything, or would that have saved or would that have you know piqued your interest a little bit more? Because we did get I mean, the shot of the Daily Bugle in there. And the in the whole and the in the weird, but it's a different daily view that we saw in Spider-Man. It's true, yes. So but it like, did say there was a, a frame that looked like it said Avengers, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It has that tone. I mean, I don't see. I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is a different Venom than what I'm used to. If this Venom is going to be in the MCU, <laughs> all right. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Um, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's. I can't. I can't call it a Feige flop. 
really. Right. It's not. I mean, Andy Serkis directing is, this one. This is Andy Serkis. Which I, I know he directed Mowgli, which I don't know if that was very well received. I know it, it, didn't it was, make, from what I It was. I okay, interesting. interesting. Yes. It's, it's some people, I, have, I didn't hear, hear many people say it was better than Jungle Book, but I heard a lot of people saying it was comparable. Which right. Is impressive. Yeah. This was just a tough sell. Making two Jungle Book movies around yeah, the same time. Exactly. Yeah. One made by Disney and one not made by Disney. Yeah. Which one's going to make more money? So, Sham, uh, I'm so happy you got to uh, hop on real quick. I know you're very busy. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. And if it doesn't work, I can always just, you know, edit this part out. But I I have a lot of smoke for Zack Snyder. And I feel like somebody's got to defend him. And you're the only person on the pod who can get offer any defense. Do we have you for 15 minutes to just talk about this one topic with Zack Snyder? Uh, no, I could try like, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe. I hate Shamari's negotiating the, 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 negotiating the thing. Okay. Here's what I'll say. And, um, I'll try to make this fast and you know, you could leave, you know, after you go back and forth, but, and I don't know Shamari, if you're standing up or you're far from the mic, but if you could just come a little closer so we can just hear you a little better. Um, yeah. or maybe, or maybe they have to set the, set the microphone setting. I'm not sure, but Zack Snyder, um, he said some egregious stuff this week, in my opinion. I'm going to keep it 100. I thought this was egregious, and I'm tired of playing with kid gloves when it comes to Zack Snyder. And this is what it is for me. So Zack Snyder did an interview with Jake's Takes where he was talking about, uh, you know, obviously the positive reviews from Zack Snyder's Justice League and the success that it had on HBO Max, which is undeniable. It was... Uh, a great success. A lot of people were happy for Zach. I was happy for Zach. And um, now we've seen this Restore the Snyderverse movement come alive. And while there are no plans to continue with any Snyder movies, Zack Snyder is now being way more aggressive, ironic word use, in letting him, letting, letting, Warner Brothers knows how much of a bad decision he thinks that may be. So here's what's his quote. He said, Warner Brothers has been aggressively anti-Snyder, if you will. What can I say? Clearly, they're not interested in my take. But I would also say that they certainly weren't interested in, I would have, certainly, oh, certainly. But I would also say that they certainly weren't interested in, I would have said originally, in my take on Justice League. They certainly made decisions about that. I love the characters and I love the worlds. And I think it's an amazing place to make a movie. It's glorious. It's a glorious IP. So there's that. I don't know what could be done as you go forward other than I think the fan movement is so strong. The fan community and their intention is so pure. I really have this huge respect for it. I would hope that cooler heads would prevail and they would see that there is this massive fandom that wants more of that. Who knows what they'll do. Does this not sound completely delusional to you, Sham? Zach's not a fan of the podcast. Uh, all right, they'll put me on the spot. Because um, <laughs> I need to know that. Because as a Zach, and you're not like one of these like Zach Snyder like super fans, but you're a fan of his work and you absolutely. genuinely like Zach Snyder movies. So I, just, I'm not. I know you know I'm mad about it, but I'm not going to give you any take on why I think this is ridiculous. But I just want to ask that question, just point blank. Do you find that delusional? Uh, I mean, I think delusional. I think delusional is. is I think that's a strong way of putting it. 
Now, as as we've discussed before, I I'm not someone that is privy to you know I guess whatever kind of hate or anything that's come out of Saturn's <laughs> right. fan base, right? So I'm much more in line with the positive kind of community, For which sure. does exist. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't sure. want people to act like that doesn't exist. That 100. Yeah. percent there is a positive community that just wants to see more of his content. Um, uh, so, so I think to what Snyder, I think that's where he gets his energy, which I understand. Right. Um, so, so I mean, some of what he, that comment sounds a little, you know, like when he's talking about you know anti Snyder kind of third person a little mm. bit. Like, so now you weird. get into a sham. <laughs> so that, that, okay. Yes, yeah, so that was a little weird. So I was like, ooh. You know, but uh, with with that being said, so I, you know, look, you, you, I mean, you know how I feel about these artists, right? These artists, they're all kind of goofy. They're all kind of they're all kind of wacky. <laughs> yeah, right? mm-hmm. he didn't say anything that was you know hateful or anything like that. Not at all. He wants to make more movies. He's very passionate about his craft. I think he's good at his craft, and he he thinks Warner Brothers is making a mistake. Which I mean, you know. Any artist is going to say that about their work. Right. If we got some kind of big brand deal and they dropped us, I'd be like, they're making a mistake. <laughs> Regardless of if they're really making a mistake or not. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, I don't know. So, I I mean, I wouldn't say he's delusional. I mean, he sounds like an artist that, that wants to promote his work to me. That's a fair take. I think it's a lot of what you said was was certainly fair. I want to shout out Clark Wolf. And I know you don't got too much time, Sean. I'm just doing five more minutes of your time. I want to shout out Clark, Clark Wolf because I think she posted a tweet. Clark Wolf, by the way, is like a commentator, actor on a lot of this stuff. Um, she, she posted a tweet that I feel like we're starting to see. A lot of people are afraid now to um, touch the Snyder hive. And what we're seeing now is a, distort, a distorting of what happened with Zack Snyder and DC, not in regards to him being fired and creative control and all that. And he wasn't fired, to be clear. None of that stuff. I'm talking about the end all dollars and cents. What happened with Zack Snyder's movies? Were they a success? Were they a failure under his leadership? Clark Wolf tweeted, what that director said about a studio being anti him when all of his movies in the universe underperformed. To feel entitled to make unpopular things that cost hundreds of millions of dollars and do it multiple times. What planet does he think he's on? Can I live there? Wow. I don't know why anybody could argue with this tweet. <laughs> to me, it's yeah. delusional to talk to a company... Who, by the way, yes, they didn't pay you, but they gave you a lot of money to do this past Warner Brothers Justice League HBO Max thing. To then come back and say this studio was anti me in the third person. Already you sound goofy. And say this company where they gave me the keys to the Maserati and I cost them hundreds of millions of dollars because my creative vision didn't make money. I don't know why they're anti me. I don't get it. But all I know is this is what the fans want. Huh? There is no 
there is no place of employment you can go to and say, I think you're un- being unfair and anti-me and lose them hundreds of millions of dollars. Guess what? DC is anti-Snyder. And they should be. Man of Steel. Yeah. Underperformed. BVS. Underperformed. Uh, super Suicide Squad. Underperformed. The only movie he's got that, that did anything was Wonder Woman. And he deserves credit for that. He doesn't get credit for it and it's not right. He wrote Wonder Woman. He was very involved in that process with Patty Jenkins. I think because of the hate he gets, he doesn't get credit for it. But yo, if you Kendall, if you shooting one for four from the free throw line, you ain't gonna get a lot of PT, aren't you? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not gonna find the court much, aren't you? It, 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 would I would, would I have a right to be anti Andre Drummond if he goes and shoots one for four from the free throw line, and I say, you know what, come sit next to me. I mean, as Andre Drummond said, oh, you're anti, you're anti Andre Drummond. Why don't you let me shoot more? I'm so sick of this dude. And I, and, I, and I feel like everybody's playing with kid gloves because those people that support him, some of them, not all, are abusive. And they don't want to even deal with the baggage that comes with even commentary about anything he's doing. And what I don't like about this comment is he's emboldened these people more. Because all we've seen since that movie is these goons on the internet... Bombing, you know, every, comment bombing anything Warner Media does with Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I, I think what's happened with Snyder is I think he's become a little bit in his own bubble. He is, you know, a little bit in his own bubble. Oh, where yeah, I think you know, like you already said, he he's he he doesn't. I, I don't. He doesn't view it as. You know, he like I don't even think he thinks of himself as unsuccessful, he, he or he, I don't think he thinks of his movies, even which is delusional. From a, <laughs> from a mathematical, you know, financial standpoint, you want to look at it as unsuccessful. Um, by a lot of metrics, that would be correct. But from Zack Snyder in his bubble that he lives in, he thinks those movies. Man, I, I think he understands that. Like BBS probably wasn't a smash success. I think he understands that. But like, I think particularly where he's at now. After post Justice League, I don't. I think he thinks that, like, all right, now it's time to back the Brinks truck. Like, I, I deserve, I deserve a chance to 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 see our division. This is what the people want to see. Who the people are is again. That's the the people in his bubble. You know, that's not everybody. Um, and I not that's where I think if you want to say that there's a little bit of delusion there, I can I can see, I can see Kendall, where you're coming from. That's why when we had that conversation. Uh, a couple months ago about Snyder being like, I don't know about that harassment. I just don't, I, I just condemn hate. And I think both of y'all were like, thought I was being harsh on that statement. Do you not yeah. now see why that statement was very alarming to me? Because in that world, they don't think that they're doing any thuggery on the internet. <laughs> And if you only talk to those people and listen to those people, you think it's all kumbaya. So yeah, when I mean, he's yeah, approached with, yo, dog, people things. are abusing people on the internet, he says, I don't know anything about that. He don't, he really I, doesn't. I, I, so, 
I think I, I've just been so. I mean, maybe it's the Star Wars stuff. I just been. I don't say desensitized, but like, I, I like. I don't know. So used to toxicity. Yeah, I'm just so used to the toxic nature of the internet now that, you know, I don't go as crazy about even the Snyder people. You know, it's probably out there. I mean, it's 100 percent out there. Um, you know, I. But it, a lot of it, I just look over. You know, yeah, there's gonna be Snyder people that, you know, are at any time. So and so post something. Anytime Walter Hamada tweets something, it's gonna be a bunch of Snyder people saying this and that. Never, look at I mean, look at Daisy Ridley. She's not even on social media no more. Yeah, never see this, said anything. This dude, this dude said the, <laughs> this dude said the fam, <laughs> this 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 dude said the fan movement is strong, and the community isn't in, their intention is so pure. I'm sorry, he sounds nuts. He sounds nuts. Yeah, look, I mean, with what we know about what. That community has been about for the. I'm not saying, and I'm saying you want to tell you, you want to defend him pure, pre Zack Snyder Justice League. I'm not here to. We disagree. We all know what he they're doing with the restore the Snyderverse. He knows it. Now you're saying it's pure and strong. What? Yeah, Warner I'm Brothers not- post anything about positivity or whatever. And it's all restored to Snyderverse, and you're saying their intention is pure. <laughs> my look, my thing is, I don't have any beef with any any particular fan of anything, you know. <laughs> and I, I, so I don't know. My like, I, are, are there Snyder people that are that are that that have been toxic? Absolutely. You know, are there anti-Snyder people that have been toxic? Probably. <laughs> you know, are there you know pro Captain Marvel people that have been toxic? I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. I know there have been anti-Catholic moral people that have been toxic. You know, like, there's been plenty of... There's so much toxicity right now on the internet. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to suggest that it's not as fervent with um, fans of the, of the Snyder movies. I don't know. But it, it just feels... I, I, don't, I don't look at that and suggest that, you know... I know like a lot... Snyder is... is, 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 is trying to yeah. turn a blind is he, is he trying to turn a blind eye to it probably but i don't think he's i don't think he's naturally wired to you know blast those people and look i you know, know sham yeah or even look, i know all those people out right and i know sham has got to go we can continue this touching kendall but i just want to get your last thought on the sham because i a lot of my intensity in this segment of this conversation has been about some of this is about the fans but really the the my bigger beef is about saying on a fundamental level that a company is anti-Snyder um, but they should listen to the fans when the numbers and everything that we've seen suggest you flopped <laughs> am I like as a Zack Snyder fan for sham is that not crazy to you or am I crazy because that they'll tell me I'm crazy like like it's like we like these people. They just act like, and it's crazy to me that Snyder's one of these people because he's in the industry. That's why this is so absurd to me. Like no director could lose hundreds of millions of dollars and then be scratching his head about why they don't want to do any more of his movies. Yet here we are with this guy because he's been um, propped up and he's he's drinking the Kool Aid of his followers. Is that yeah, not? I mean, is, is that part of it? Do. You, do you disagree with that part of it, or do you feel like there is something wrong 
with that thinking from Zack Snyder. Because that looks very wrong to me. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. When it comes to when it comes to him saying they're anti Snyder, I just don't like the third person. I feel like that's kind of weird. That's the only thing to me that is like, okay, yeah, that's kind of weird, right? You know, a little, um, little you know, egomaniac, little, you little know. ego, a little like, all right, you know, <laughs> calm down. But again, you know, is he wrong? I mean, it goes back to the, I mean, this is stuff that I was saying pre Snyder cut right. that like. You know, right before it's coming out, like there's gonna be people yeah. at Warner Brothers that don't want this thing to see. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, and just in terms of the numbers, you can't deny the numbers. Um, but again, I think he just, I think he is just, he's just looking at it just as, as an artist, and and he's and I think he's looking at it just much less from a business perspective, which is his fault to be. I mean, to be blunt. <laughs> Because you know, right. if he if he really is confused, yeah, someone why, just has to explain to him. The someone numbers. can like explain to him. His agent, and I think I would think Warner Brothers has done that already, right? And, and I, just and I think it. he's just like, look, you guys. I think he's like, you guys, you guys. Yeah, I, I think he's probably more. Online, yeah, he's probably which, more worried about engagement. Which, which the Snyder Cut does generate a ton of buzz online. Or any really any Snyder movie generates mm-hmm. a lot of buzz. Even his Netflix story that just came out generates a lot. Yeah, of buzz. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead generated a lot of buzz online. He's got a lot of. Good media relations. Yeah, good media relations, and he's good at making cutting trailers, making movies look very appealing. <laughs> right. And I like the movie. Right, right. So it's like, you know, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. None um, and, and none of this critique is about, I don't think anything I've said has been about my opinion on Zack Snyder movies. Right. Zero of it. Because it's irrelevant. Right. The data is the data. So the situation is the situation. Is, if Snyder looks at these movies as successful from a consumer engagement, because like my thing is, if we're talking about him having this fervent fan base that you could say whether or not they're toxic or not, whether including the toxic people, including the non-toxic people, just all these people that back these Snyder movies, just a rabid fan base, like, like how unsuccessful? I think that's where he's looking at it and saying how unsuccessful are these. If I'm able to generate this much, this much attention, this much attention to my movies, he's by far the biggest director. You could argue the biggest director in all of the in genre, all, in all these comic, movies. yeah, in these comic book movies right now. He's the biggest name. If he did a Marvel movie, that would be really, that would oh, be yeah. huge. Zack Snyder's The Eternals. Yeah, I mean, like, me and Shamari talked about how there was rumors he Night might be doing one. Ghost Rider. Like if he did a oh, Ghost yeah, Rider movie, that, like an instant success. It's instant. Like people that's are gonna lose their mind. Opening night. I'm going opening night. I'm going in all masked up. I'll sit in the corner and opening night. So from his success, <laughs> from his from his perspective, he's looking at it and saying, while the movies were maybe unsuccessful financially, he thinks that he's got enough pull, enough clout that, right. and again, that rabid fan base to where it's not, it wouldn't be conducive for them to part ways. Which is it's a conversation. Whether or not we agree about the future and how well those movies will be made, all those things. But in terms of attaching the next person to do the next justice league or whatever that's going to be your 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 the the floor and the amount of money you can make i would imagine would be higher with Zack snyder but the other one of the other big issues i had with these comments um was snyder we've heard him talk about the future of his movies and he's been very clear and i've actually really enjoyed his actually being looked it's a one-off this is it and then the future is gone. I'm going to do other things, and they're going to do other things, and it's going to be Gucci. 
And I appreciate that. You look hella phony to me when before we saw Justice League and we didn't know what the reaction was going to be critically, your comments were a lot more reserved to there's no plans to do any other Justice League. I never thought I'd be, I'm reading quotes, I never thought I'd be doing this. I didn't think I'd be finishing Justice League. Um, I'm just completing my vision, that's it. I, I find, like, you look very suspect to me to then with, boosted by, again, these goons on social media, then say, yo, man, they should really reconsider. What happened to you saying that you were done and that you, this was a one-off and you were finished? That's yeah. why I found the fan part of it very also annoying because... This is a guy who was not talking about doing more movies after this. None. My thing is keep your intentions. Talk about your intentions from hey, the look, jump. I mean, that's say, look, I hope this is one. They say they, don't wanna, they say they don't want to do another one. I hope that by the end of this, they maybe reconsider. Say that when the movie's coming out. That, that's I don't want to hear you no. get... I don't want to hear you get your flowers and everybody say, yo, man, that movie's pretty good. It's too bad we can get more. And they'd be like, I don't... Ah, I mean, I would do it, but they don't seem to want to do it. You can't change up your tune like that, man. Come <laughs> Look, on. that's the business, you know, when it comes to these situations. He was, at that point, he was considered, I don't want to call him a Warner Brothers employee, but he was doing business with Warner Brothers. Yeah, he wanted to make sure his movie came out. He kept saying that there were a lot of things that he didn't want to do or he didn't want to say or he had to he had to say because he wanted, he had to make sure his movie came out. And when he decided to do, when he when he said all those things, he was he was worried about that movie coming out. Now that the movie's come out and it's been successful, now he can he can get off the company line a little bit. And look, I mean, all those things like to me, like that's just the business. I mean, if you don't you don't have to love it. Um, I don't necessarily love it, but to me, it's like you know Kyrie Irving talking about his last year with the Celtics, saying I'm not gonna you know. First saying I'm gonna Kendall, come back. Dude saying, said in the interview, I have no issue. With DC heading in a different direction. You can't then come back months later and say they should listen to the fans. You can't do that and have any integrity. I'm sorry, not with me. Not with me. Some other people, maybe they feel like Kendall's saying it's the business. I understand that. With me, you lose a lot of integrity with that. And and to me, look, it's not like there are any good guys and bad guys in this thing. I don't know how many times I killed DC for how they treated Zach, how they treated Ray Fisher. Ew, it, it's no, there's no good guys here. It's, it's forever evil. Shout out to the comic book. It's all bad. Yeah. But this is clownery. And we got to call it like it. And I'm tired of people being scared and tiptoeing. That's why I shouted out Clark Walker. I don't shout out other creators and other people like that reading their tweets. But like, I saw this stuff happening for weeks, and I'm like, just it's just silent out here. Zach's getting more and more bold. His people are I mean, getting look, more and more bold, and they don't want to touch that, him. That Somebody is, finally not, wanted to touch him. Thank you God. Guys are not wrong. You guys are not wrong about that perspective. But I think that that is one. I, I feel like that is one way to look at it. And you know, and I, I don't want to say it's a more negative way to look at it, but I, you know, I think. 
it's one of those things where like if you're more I don't want to say anti Snyder, but if if you lean that direction, I think you may read it. You may read into these comments a little worse. Um, at, the end, at the end of the day, this is. I don't feel strongly about Snyder. I don't really feel as strongly about these comments. I, I see the delusion, the delusional aspect again when you talk about the numbers and just you he know. Called like, them, he, saying, he said they're anti Snyder. That's that's a crazy. That sounds crazy. Now, like again, that sounds crazy. Is, is he delusional in the sense that they're? Like what? If, like again, if I'm the interviewer, I'm saying again, if you can bring up the Clark the Clark uh, Wolf numbers and say, well, I mean, are are you are, are are they wrong for being anti Snyder? Again, maybe they like you said they are anti Snyder, of course. Now, but again, from his perspective, he's saying, look, they're anti Snyder, and is he wrong about that? Like, Kendall, they clearly he's... like they clearly have a have a slant. We saw with the, we saw with the the with Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't, they didn't make that movie because out of respect for Zack Snyder or that they love Zack Snyder. Of course not. <laughs> they made it because they wanted to shut up his fan base. They, wanted, they, they, they were tired of it, and they saw it was an opportunity to make money and, and help the HBO Max brand. It was, it was a smart business move in the short term, but what they created was a more long-term problem because I think they, were, they probably didn't expect the Snyder to be as good as it was. You know how I well received. I mean, good is all subjective, but as well received as it was. Also, if I can cut in, yeah, I can cut in just for for a brief second. I just want to mention. I also, this is a conspiracy theory. None of this is verified. <laughs> I think he had a discussion with Warner Brothers. I think they, someone told him something he didn't want to hear. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Someone said. That's why I think his, Zach, t- his tune has changed. Someone said, Zach, these movies didn't do it. Someone says something like something like that, right? Mm. Something to that effect. For him and, to say they're anti Snyder, and he ain't with that. Yeah, because right. you know who you know. Because I was gonna say, you know who are people who use words like anti Snyder, Snyder Cut fans, internet trolls. That's internet troll language. Anti Snyder. I've the only person people I've literally ever heard anyone even say someone is anti Snyder is people on Twitter. He's saying it in interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Shan, for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. But I felt like of all the topics, if we could get you on anything, this was the one. And I feel like, look, there wasn't much to defend here. I think you tried your best. But I think you did give the perspective that was needed from people who may see it differently in regards to how they feel about Zach. So I appreciate it, Shan. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys are killing it. I'm do my best to be on next week. Got a lot of stuff to do this week, but I'm trying to get that done early uh, so I can jump on with you guys. Talk about uh, talk about uh, some of this other stuff. Some of this, whatever else is going on. In, <laughs> you in, never really know in the hero world. And me and Kendall are gonna do Imperial soon. Talk about the Bad Batch, so you guys can check out Imperial Broadcast. Yes, uh, where we're definitely gonna be talking about that soon. So, thanks, Sham, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Again, you do great work here. We're a very valued part of this team. And can't wait to hear Imperial and can't wait to have you back on Hero Talk next week. Absolutely, man. Can't wait. All righty. Kendall, before we move on, I don't normally do this either. But it's almost like someone maybe was hearing me. Oh, I was yelling. Maybe I have a neighbor in my apartment building that heard me slandering the Zack Snyder name. And when to come to his defense or find my Twitter account. I actually got a tweet. 
from a Snyder fan. Just now. I, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to read it live on the podcast. Because from that Clark Wolf tweet, I tweeted, retweeting it. If you don't understand how much I appreciate Clark for stating the obvious in a very concise way, who in their right mind could possibly argue any of this? I'm glad Zack Snyder's Justice League was good, but the amount of capping going on about Zack Snyder's, quote, success at DC has gotten out of control. Some dude on Twitter, Zach Barnett, tweeted at me, who in their right mind could defend this? He got asked a question from an interview, and he answered honestly, the studio is anti-Snyder. Outside of Aquaman, he's had some of the most successful DCEU movies. Just because they didn't reach a billion doesn't mean they were a flop. Kendall, your thoughts? From a, a live, this is Zack Snyder fan coming for the smoke. So this isn't a game. This isn't a, a trial run. This is us. This is real engagement <laughs> with what I'm saying about Zack Snyder. Look, I React. mean, <laughs> I, he's, I think he's kind of saying some of the stuff that I was saying. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily like again, I, I don't defend the numbers. You know, I mean, again, you can try and defend and say, look, now you're supposed to make a billion. That's again, that's that's a pop more clearly a more pro Snyder way of looking at it. Like, all right, the movies made money, they didn't lose money. I mean, sure, I mean, it's Batman and Superman. Like, those movies, ideally, you'd want to make hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollars. But if you can't do that, um, and look, we'll see what the Batman does and how they react to that compared to how they reacted to these movies. But and then look, it was to be honest, critic. Critic success also plays a role in this because it creates viability for sequels. So when you've had, you know, a Man of Steel movie that was good, they were able to make a second one. You know, at least a, a, a sequel to that, which was Batman v Superman, which wasn't as critically successful or financially wasn't a, a, a smash hit. So from that point, they weren't able to. Um, it wasn't. It, it wasn't as viable financially. Now again, we could talk about how Jack Snyder's Justice League was really good. And, you know, had had good critic reviews, had good audience uh, engagement. We don't know what that would have done in a normal box office. That's hard to it's hard to, to say. But um, overall, the numbers, the, the numbers aren't great for Snyder. What I will say is that, look, he, I, I agree with him that, again, they, the, the studio is anti-Snyder. Is, are there politics involved in it? Oh, let me be, so let me be clear. I think I would absolutely suggest there were, there were there are politics involved in why they're they're anti Snyder. What that is, I don't know. Let me you be know, clear. This is a very shady company. Let <laughs> me be very clear. I can't, and, I can't say why they're anti Snyder, but right. I think that he is right in that regard. Let me be very clear. And you guys just heard my rant. You guys just heard my tweet. Have I at any point argued that Zack Snyder was wrong in his assessment that they're anti Snyder? No. But that's the problem with these Snyder fans is they think they're thinking on merit. Like, because in their, in their eyes, it's how dare you be anti-Snyder because they like his movies. I'm saying, no, I agree with Zack Snyder that they're, I, they, the term anti-Snyder is ridiculous. But in the, in the context of this argument, yes, I agree. They are anti-Snyder. And he was being honest. <laughs> That's not the point. 
The point well, it's, it's not tough. the point. Kendall, it's not the point. If I tell you go get me a Kendall, if I tell you go get me arguing Kendall, if you present wait, but hold on, Kendall. If you if I present you a task and I tell you I need to make this amount of money for this task to be worthwhile. And you come back with half the money. You think me and you were chilling? You think me and you were hanging out? You think me and you were cool? You think I want to put more, put you in charge of more tasks to make me more money? I think they I think, think that they think that it's an affront to be like, "Yo, dog, he just ain't it for us." It's not. He wasn't it for them. They didn't. He had a task. They they made it very clear what they were asking of him, and he didn't deliver. So, look, I think, again, I think this is a tough situation because, like you said, you're talking about how these Snyder people, these people who are fans of Zack Snyder, are saying that Warner Brothers shouldn't be anti-Snyder. And all of that is subjective, whether or not Warner Brothers should be anti A lot of it comes down to... I don't see that. That's where I disagree. I don't see how it's subjective that maybe they they shouldn't be anti-Snyder. I feel like, and I'm not dissing you, because I don't have the kind of money Warner Brothers has. But I feel like I feel like anybody who comes up with that just doesn't really understand like capitalism on the corporate level of Warner Media. Like I just don't think they fundamentally understand that. Like if uh, if you short them hundreds of thousands of dollars from what you were tasked to bring in and then when people ask what was the problem a lot of it was your vision didn't connect with enough people. This is a business. This is not a charity. Like, and that was the part of that was the only part about this Zack Snyder's Justice League thing in terms of the the being happy for him. And I mean, I was and am still happy that happened. That was a little problematic for me. Was this idea that oh, we should always want to see the creator get their way and get to see their own vision. In a vacuum, I support that because I'm a creator. But the problem that comes with that mindset is this now becomes a, a thing of charity where it's it doesn't matter what your performance was on the actual dotted line, the sheet of paper. That doesn't matter anymore. It's this creative energy, just like thing. And what's what what why that why that is problematic, Kendall, is because that's super subjective. That's the problem with it. Is okay, only a half, a fraction of people liked this thing, and a lot of other people didn't like it. Not even oh they didn't see they people saw it didn't like it. Now some people just didn't even want to show up for it because they were that affronted of from characters and from IPs that are if you did an approval rating they approval rating be at 98 percent there's a problem with that and there are consequences for that this is not a charity where we just say hey creator uh i know people really ain't rocking what you do uh but you do have a small fan base so here's hundreds of millions of dollars to keep doing what you're doing and yes keep losing us money nah fam that's not how business works that's not how movie making works and i'm tired of this one of this one direct people i'm tired of this one director Getting this pass. 
He's why, the only why, guy why, why that's allowed to keep losing money and 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 to and to and to and to be in a position where they were given the keys to the Maserati and they drove it and and they and they and they totaled the, they totaled the car. And then we're saying, okay, but we then we gave him another car and he drove it pretty well. Let's put him in the Daytona 500 again. No. You had your chance. If we had uh, and I'm trying and people will bring up excuses at all, but Go ahead, Kevin. It's a, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a fan thing. I think naturally because you didn't like the movies, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the movies, but because you didn't like the movies, you're not going to be as wired to when, when you're in that line of subject subjectivity to should Warner Brothers make more of these movies. Financially, there's not, there's not a strong argument to say that they have to be that they have to make them at all. But I mean, they could, you know, they they didn't they didn't have to dump them. Critically. I would lean they probably could have moved on after the amount of movies they, they, they made. From a fan engagement standpoint, again, I think it's it it's up in the air, but again, he's the most he's one of the more popular directors right now. Like why would you why would you dump that guy unless you don't uh, unless you don't like him, you know, or unless you're just like I don't want to deal with that mess. Like whatever baggage you feel like, which I again, I think some of his stuff some of his fan base has become has been seen now as more as baggage than you know, a plus, but let's, but let's, let's, but I think that's, that's, that's still, I think part of the reason why, because if you're talking about revenue, like his, his DC movies are still going to be one of the more, um, certainly one of the more highest grossing, but also just in terms of generating revenue, still one of the more, still top 10 in the history of DC movies. Um, I, I believe Batman v Superman is a top three or four, uh, DC movie in terms of revenue, but this is, I think a lot of it is subjective. If you're a fan of Zack Snyder's movies, you're going to want them. You're going to, you're going to acknowledge that DC is anti or Warner Bros. is anti Zack Snyder. And you're going to have a problem with that. Cause you like his movie. If you're talking about the business aspect of it, again, all those arguments can be made, but even some of that is subjective. Cause we don't really, we really don't know what the future lies in terms of, how good these movies will be made, how good they'll be marketed, how people will, what how turnout will be. It's all it's all a guessing game. So that's why I don't feel strongly about it. I'm like, look, is Snyder a little delusional? Probably. But you know, I mean, all of this is subjective. So if not, if Warner Brothers is, you know, clearly freezing him out, which is what's happening, or at least it seems like what's happening, um and it, and what is it for? Is it for poor performance? Probably, but then at the same time, they gave him this 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 other movie out of spite, and he did well, and they still want to freeze him out. Now they had other plans. Again, I don't. It's all it's all it's, it's all confusing. I understand why these people are upset. Snyder, is there a little bit of delusion in there? Absolutely. Um, but I think that 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 just comes with the. You know the bubble that that you live in when you're in that life, and <laughs> you've got my you've my, got, pro, got my, my last. I just feel like this, there are other directors. There's so many directors out there that and, and have yeah. had one and dones that don't generate, or not even one and dones, but just have done movies like that, Joss Whedon. Why didn't Joss Whedon, beyond all the you know horrific stuff that he's been alleged to have done, like why hasn't Joss Whedon? Why didn't he have this legion of fans? Like. 
I mean, he's made movies some more successful financially than than Zack Snyder. I don't know. And these are all questions, but like that's why he doesn't look at himself as unsuccessful because there are other people that don't generate the don't generate the conversation. I mean, we, we're talking about him right now. Why? You know, Josh Trank. You know, David Ayer could barely get mentioned on this show for the, some of the crazy stuff they said in the media. Yeah. So it, it, you know, that's where he says, "Look, look at my value," and you got you guys still freeze me out. Clearly, you guys have an agenda. And it's Warner Brothers, so absolutely they have an agenda. Whether or not we agree with their agenda, some but of that the is problem, the problem. You can make the case, but again, it's all a guessing game on how people will react. I, to it. Yeah, I guess so the to next me, one, the last yeah, one, to, I know they reacted pretty well. Yeah, I just know to, didn't expect it to. I just know, and that's and I and that's all fair points. I just know for me, and this is where we disagree, and then we'll move on. There's nothing subjective about a company who put their faith in you and and, I, and and the argument I made about what DC was doing and how everything was rolling out put it in them kind of blindly like yeah they, they had some checks on some things that he wanted to do early on but I mean he went off the reservation when it came to how he wanted to present Superman and Batman two characters who they ain't really a lot of wiggle room to kind of uh, interpret they let him go off the reservation. And because of it, there was a lack of performance in the money that was brought in. I don't see what's subjective. There's nothing subjective to me about looking at your success in regards to wanting to hire you to make us money and looking at your past work and being like, it didn't work out under him. Because it just didn't. And there's just this, like, just like this tweet trying to say outside of Aquaman, he had the most successful movies in DCEU. He made the DCEU. That tweet doesn't even make any sense. He made the best movies in his own universe. Just because they didn't reach a million dollars doesn't mean it's a flop. Tell that to the person that's lo- that lost 500 million. Tell them that they didn't they that they didn't take a loss. There's, that, that to me, Kendall, is not subjective. We could say whether a movie is good or bad, that is subjective. The people that showed up at the box office that supported your movie, that's not subjective. We see the numbers. And what we are seeing is a rehashing in a revisionist history aspect of everything involving Zack yeah. Snyder. And, you, and you that, that to me has gotten out of control. Story. And it's because we're only listening to those people who only still care about Zack Snyder. You know so many people Snyder have either been intimidated or they've moved on. But not those folks. So now we're getting... I'm, I'm arguing with some dude on Twitter about how Zack Snyder's most successful movies, even though he's had like five of the seven DC movies they've made. You know, it doesn't make any sense. The Zack Snyder thing is like if you had a you had a head coach in the NBA or in the NFL, whatever sport. You have a head coach in sports or even a GM, however you want to look at it. Let's say coach who was well liked by the fan base, but was largely mediocre. Um, and he lost his job 
And they went on, moved on to other people. And for whatever reason, they decided to bring him back on an interim basis. And he won some games. He took him to the playoffs. <laughs> Somehow he turned it around. And now there's a lot of people that want him to have the job full time. And the team is like, no. Yes, you did a good job in this little interim run. Um, we we see that things could get worse than how you had them before because we had to fire the last guy. But this doesn't mean that things can't get better. Yeah, it was like it was like when people thought Greg Greg uh, Greg Williams to be the coach of the Browns. It's like right, <laughs> what? You know, and we've like, seen Greg Brown, Greg Williams work. That ain't it. <laughs> Now look, I I hate Greg Williams enough to where I can't compare Zach Snyder to Greg Williams. I know. But I see, that is harsh. I, I, I I'm see not your, I see your point. Zach, I, I do not, and I do not have the same level of lack of respect for Zach Snyder that I do Greg Williams. To be clear, <laughs> I don't. Um, I just, I just, I just think we'll get that. But yeah, I just feel like Kendall. I just feel like Zach. I just feel like look, and I think part of it is he's been, he has been insulated. I mean, he was out of, he was basically out of Hollywood. Like he wasn't. He dealt with a terrible tragedy, and it seemed like the only time he really picked, poked his head out during it was to engage with his fans. So in many ways, he isn't. He is insulated. Um, I think that there's some, but there's where I'm seeing too many examples of that insulation leading to what I feel like is dangerous delusion. I don't feel like this is just like nothing, because these folks. Some of them are willing to go too far for his cause. And I think hearing him use their language in third person tells me that dude is off the reservation in a way that is now very concerning. And I just feel like I don't I, I just I'm just tired of it. Like I'm tired of it and I am not pulling any punches regarding Zack Snyder any longer for this kind of nonsense. I've been alluding to it. I've been being careful. I've been saying, I don't know how this looks. This looks a little questionable to me. But this part of it, January, you were like, this is the end. I have no future plans to do this moving forward. I'm just happy to be here to now. They should listen to the fans. No, no. That kind of delusion is not, and that kind of uh, attitude is just not going to fly. And I'm not having it. And I'm glad Clark wasn't having it. Shout out to her. I'm hopeful, hopeful that more folks will continue to have courage to not be afraid to talk about when Zack Snyder says some much stuff stuff. You guys know, I defended him a lot when he came to that Ray Fisher nonsense. I will defend, I am about being fair. I'm not about sides for anything. But this was hella corny. And to call it anything other than hella corny is hella corny. <laughs> All right, I, I've, I've done enough yelling. I'm, I haven't yelled on this podcast in a long time. It, that was good, though. It felt good. It felt, it needed that, look, it need, that was the intensity we were asking for from the Venom trailer. We didn't get um, I'm glad that we were, I was able to get that out. And I felt Shamari being there kind of gave me the extra oomph. Because, like, finally. Cause I know you would just be, like, you know, your normal self. Uh, yeah, I think you're kind of 
little wrong on this, but whatever. I needed somebody. <laughs> yeah, to, I, don't, I, don't I need somebody to embody the Snyder fan. Shamari is absolutely not like one of the crazy Snyder zealots, but he is a Snyder fan. I needed somebody to be like, "Yo, dog, you're a fan of this guy. Tell me, tell me I'm crazy because this looks nuts." I needed that. And that's what the energy was. I'm happy Sham came on. But we let's get through the rest of the stuff uh, real quick. I don't want to be on here forever, ever, ever. But uh, <laughs> but I do want to make sure we get to these topics and, and give them the time they deserve. Uh, Superman. Great segue. Zack Snyder actually talked about Superman. He talked about the idea that they would be doing a black Superman. He said that he thought that was interesting. It was probably uh, a long time coming. And uh, that those comments came out of their announcement. Or it really wasn't an announcement, but it was reporting from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, shout out to Tatiana Siegel and Boris Kitt, two legends of the game when it comes to the scoop game stuff. Uh, in their article, they did a big expose on Cinco de Mayo. Not related to Cinco de Mayo, obviously. Just, it was May 5th. <laughs> um, uh, regarding Warner Brothers' search for a black Superman, which is the name of the article. In it, they, they dropped some pretty major news in that this Superman that Warner Brothers is going for that is going to be black is going to be Cal out, which is a surprise to some folks because we didn't know what they would do. But I think that there was some, um, there was some idea that maybe they wouldn't do Cal L, maybe they do Calvin Ellis, or they would do a new take on a new Cal character. God. Yes, exactly. That they would go uh, away from the normal, not the normal, wrong word. Uh, the traditional Kal-El, Superman, Clark Kent character and do something new. But as we see here, that doesn't appear like that's the case. Um, this caused some backlash, which, I mean, ever since that we heard about a black Superman, it's just been backlash. It's just been, and it's not like it's been like, just like nonstop hate, but like, it's just been an ongoing conversation. And I think it's going to be an ongoing conversation until they finally cast someone, until we finally see this movie. Um, We've gone back and forth on this, Kendall, a bunch on this pod about our feelings on it. I don't think that they've really changed. Uh, but to, for those who have not heard this podcast and now listening to it the first time, I feel the same way. Is I feel like this feels unnecessary. Uh, we just had a Superman who was white like every other Superman. And... There's no reason why the Kalo character can't be black because he's an alien. He could be any race. But I, I do feel like when you have these, and I think DC particularly has plenty of characters where they could try to really prop up and use. I think it's kind of cheap to just be like, we'll just change Superman and make him black. I, I, it's something about that is off to me. And I'll be honest, something about it is off to me the way after the way they treated Ray Fisher. And 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 the way they uh they continue to insulate Jeff Johns. Like that part of it adds a level of nasty to what generically I probably would have been a little less for. It adds a little level of it that makes me feel like, no, like I don't I don't need this personally. Some people will be really excited and really happy for it. And that's great. I mean, it's great in general to see black people in these prominent roles that we've been told forever are just only reserved for white people. Like in, in a vacuum, that's fantastic. 
I think from I think creatively is not very stimulating for me to just change Superman and just make him black for the sake of I don't know I don't know what the sake of this for I guess it's for you know expanding on diversity and things like that but you you they had opportunities at DC they've had plenty um, and they've, we've seen them and the way they treated black actors over there look very very funny in the light not just with Ray Fisher but with um the young woman who plays Iris West as well I'm talking about people of color we could talk about the young the young man that played um uh the Adam in the last in the in the in the Justice League movie and then we eventually saw him in Zack Snyder's Justice League Ryan you Joy s- you're right Ryan Joy Ryan- yes we've seen enough we we've, we've been hearing about John Stewart for 15 years that's not an that's not an exaggeration by the way it's actually been about 15 years about a Green Lantern John Stewart movie so this kind of thing it just looks kind of cheap to me and it does it doesn't help the idea that again you got Coates unbelievable talent great thinker and a great writer and someone who loves this this stuff like legitimately and JJ Abram but like I said before it just sounds like when, you know, again, like a, a person is looking for, you know, the top recruits in the country in basketball and they just pull up the top 100 and just pick the top two guys. That's what it looks like to me. None, none of this looks organic. So I don't know. This this It's hard for me to really get excited about this that much. It is progress. So we have to applaud that. I'm not going to just re- just say that's nothing. It is a, a big step. But I just think it's unnecessary for me. Uh, yeah, it's just tough. Um, I don't think that making him Kal-El. So let's 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 start with the elephant in the room. Um, I think that a lot of the people that didn't like this announcement, um, not everybody, but I think a lot of the people, um, I don't even say most, I would say probably a good percentage of them probably were also upset. And some people have admitted this. We're also upset because making Kal-El freezes out Henry Cavill. Which is, you know, that's that, you know, then goes up to your again, subjectivity and your interpretation of, of, of Henry Cavill's Superman. But, you know, there are a lot of people that were like, oh, you know, now, and, and they announced this on Henry Cavill's birthday, which a lot of people were upset about. They thought that was disrespectful. Um, I didn't really make the Henry Cavill connection until other people were making it, but, um, you know, but again, that goes. I, I'm not like, I'm not a big DC. I'm not a big DC guy in general. I don't get, I don't get, you know, uh, animated about the Snyder stuff. Henry Cavill. I didn't really think about that aspect of it. But um, this is it, it's a real thing when it comes to the reaction to this, and people weren't a fan of this. Um, that, and that's that again. That goes up to how you feel about Henry Cavill about this announcement. I personally am not super high on this. Um, I would have felt much better if this wasn't Kal-El. Does it really matter same. in the in the long run? Probably not. You know, you could have you could tell the exact same story. The guy's name is Clark Kent instead of Calvin Ellis. Doesn't really matter. Um, from a story perspective, uh, I would just prefer that we're not, you know, just changing the characters. Like, it, to me, I just think it would have been cooler if if he was 
if he wasn't Clark Kent, like, or if he wasn't Cal, maybe he won't be Clark Kent, but maybe if he wasn't Cal, um, so, and they've talked about making this a period piece as well, placing this in the 20th century. Um, I think that would be an interesting way to, uh, to add some interesting, interesting layers to this, to this story. Um, you know, a little, like almost, almost a little, uh, red sun kind of thing where it's like Superman growing up in a different environment. And can I keep, can, okay. It. So can I be, can I be, can I be real about this from a black man's perspective? Yeah. yeah. I hate that with a passion because what we see in Hollywood is this concept. And look, this is Superman, to be fair. So unless he's losing to Lex Luthor at the end, which nobody expects. I mean, he's going to look great. He's going to be heroic or whatever. But the idea, I would assume, the idea to put him in the 20th century, I'm assuming it's not like the 90s or the 2000s, so it's not like that's a great time for black people either. There is no time that's great for black people. Um, I'm assuming... Yeah, I think they talked about putting him in the South as well. I could be wrong about that. Right. So let's, let's talk about that. Putting him in a Jim Crow There's, environment. There is this attitude in Hollywood that folk that that if we're gonna prop up black folks, we gotta see them in some kind of struggle, in some kind of larger fight, and a lot of times not in a fight that's that's even happening today. Right, and that that that's an ongoing. I remember having a conversation about that with one of my uh, professors. At Temple, where we talked about, you know, I was in, I was in a course, and I, you know, I had mentioned, it's funny, like what happened was, this was at the time when, I forget what movie, it was the Nat Turner movie that was coming out, um, Birth of a Nation, I think it was, that was coming out, and she was like gonna take us as a class, you know, to go see this movie, and we were talking about it, and I, I was, you know, I was gonna, be, I'm, I wasn't afraid to be that guy that was like, so what do you say? To all the people that say, "Why does every movie have to be a black person in? in, in you know, has to be a slave. You know, like why does that always have to be the thing? You know." And she made a decent point. I, you know, I didn't entirely agree with it, but it, she made a she made a very solid point that she says that she that she she also was like, "Look, I agree that 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 is a little problematic." But she said that what separates is that now these movies are being made by black creators, and so we see. Like a Ta-Nehisi Coates is the one making this movie, you know. Um, so I feel like while look, I don't know who's green lighting this, you know, if we're talking about Toby Emmerich or whatever, I don't know. But like just from a or Walter Amato, but just from a from a from a macro level, um, you know, where if this movie twenty years ago would not have been made by Ta-Nehisi Coates more than likely, or thirty years ago. But now, uh, I mean it wouldn't have been made at all. But now, like that, that story being told from this perspective is going to be a little bit more of an and that's, accurate. Less that is that is that is church. fair. And he's writing; he's not directing. But right, that is right. Yeah, that no, is yeah, not, not the director. We don't right. know. And, and I did. And the word is that they're fine. They're trying to find a black director. So I'm not denying. I don't debate that. That's what they're going to do when they eventually find a director. Yeah, they put out you know Regina King as a name. Yeah. Barry in state. They've had. I mean, they're going after the the top of the top. You know, we'll see. Who wants to attach himself to this? It's just a problem um, I have, though, is that this is concept that in order for art to be really appreciated in regards to Hollywood, there needs to be um, 
there needs to be a look at the black struggle from a a a, a backwards lens of history. And that I I'm, I'm so unpalatable to that but to that today that that really rubbed me the wrong way that that's how they want to do the Superman. Like it's just there's I mean, if there's anything they've learned, man, like there's a lot of stuff to unpack today. Today. And they say, no, we got to go back. Okay, that's problem number one. But problem number two, again, it goes from this issue of in order for there to be some kind of appreciation, we have to highlight black pain. No, you don't. To me? No, if you, you were don't. Do that, it also did not have to be Superman. Exactly. They have a character in Icon who. I mean, he's similar to Superman in a lot of ways. He's also an alien. He's black, obviously. But, like, he... His character, historically, is somebody who came to Earth in the 1800s. And has seen is seen a lot. And is still around in present day. And they, they, didn't have to, they didn't have to make him Superman. Now, look, again, you're talking studio stuff. They were saying, oh, but does Icon sell? I'm like, all right, so that's all you care about is how, who sells and who doesn't. Um, but I don't know. You know, I think that there are other characters they could have done this with. Um, now, look, they could say, if you want a more modern look at it, we're also doing Static Shop with Michael B. Jordan. We'll see how that turns out, what that's going to look like. Um, but that'll be, that'll you know, and again, it's all about, it's not all about checking a box and say, all right, so now we have this you know, modern black character. Now we're going to make this one more of a period black character. It's not really what it should be, but um, if they want to say we wanted to differentiate it somehow, I I mean, look, again, I I, I appreciate it only because I I need to be taken out of the fact that this is even Superman a little bit. Not that it's it's not Superman, but that it's like, that you're just doing just black. You're going to make the same exact Kal-El is a new Superman movie, but he's black this time. Like, I, I just want some sort of adjustment, or and also just some sort of acknowledgement that this is going to be different. And so that that's that's why I, I appreciate it on some extent. But overall, again, I, I would have been more interested in an icon movie. That would have told me, wow, they're more interested in making really good stories rather than, you know, <laughs> you know, deflecting from Ray Fisher controversies and you know, getting on the good graces <laughs> of, of certain fans. I, I don't know. That I mean, you know, Ray Fisher has been very vocal in that this he thinks that this is all a all a ruse, all a stunt. Yes, publicity stunt. I don't know. I don't know whether or not. Again, I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't believe that Warner Brothers has a lot of great intentions beyond making money, and we've said that for years on this show. You know, I don't think their intentions are. I don't even think their intentions are to make great movies. When it comes to the superhero movies that they make, I don't think it's about well, not the movies great. It's about well, are they vi- are they viable financially and will they continue to be? Which is why the Zack Snyder thing, it is what it is. <laughs> if you talked about it like they weren't making a whole lot of money. The Warner Brothers, I you know, it's gonna be like, all right, then start packing. So that's what I think this is. I think they think that this is gonna make money. Um. Make, they feel, I, I'm sure they feel like making him Kal-El will make more money and make it more controversial. 
I don't I don't agree with that. I think the Superman brand is more important than the name Clark Kent or Kal El. But that's just me. It's it's uh yeah, I just again I just I just think it's unnecessary, man. Like it's it's progress, it's cool. Like you know, I don't wanna just completely poo poo the fact that there's a black Superman and that they're gonna put it in a movie, that's great. But I just feel like in some ways it's like a distraction. Like it's just there's a lot of uh things going on at Warner Media that have been a problem regarding race. And here they're on this crusade to in, make sure Look, they man, do man. this black Superman. And and in the way they're going about it, it, if they went about it differently, I think maybe I'd feel better. But no, already, you, you, you pulling up the top two names in the Google search to write and direct and produce. You saying yeah. we're going we gonna to make this the civil rights era. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, this don't, this doesn't look, what is that, I say pure intention? This don't look pure intentioned. It just, it just doesn't. And for me to feel good about it, I gotta think, I gotta feel like the intentions are right. And it don't, it doesn't feel like that's the case. So, right now I'm out. In terms of, I look, I've already said that. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm out right now. I watch it. I mean, I I go to all these movies. um, And look, it could be super dope. It could be great. I'm not saying it's going to be terrible or trash. I'm just saying the approach and what I wanted to see. I do not. I'm not. I do not. I do not. I did also not a bumpy seek start. to see this. It's all. It's off to a bumpy start. I will say. Look, I mentioned it on the last time we talked about this on the show. I am very interested to see who who, who plays Superman. You know, that's going to be a big deal. And again, I talk. I said at the top of the show, I'm always interested in these casting decisions and. Um, I'm I'm I I stuck my neck out before on last show. I think Eli Gorey, uh, you know who's you know I've I've seen him in Riverdale, uh, and um I've seen him in uh in Ballers, but he obviously he's he's gotten bigger since then. He's now you know he just played Muhammad Ali and once one night in Miami. Um, I think that he 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 would be perfect for this character. So, uh, and if Regina King. Is is going to be directing it? We'll see if that if that uh, that ends up transpiring. But if she is, obviously there's a connection there. So um, we'll see if he ends up being the guy. And uh, I love. I, I, I think. Yeah. I was going to say. I think regardless of if he's doing this movie or not, like he's probably going to be one of the next black actors to pay attention to when it comes to playing a superhero. But I do definitely agree with that. But uh, we're going to say. No, I say, and I love. I I loved One Night in Miami. I love Regina King, and if they decided to go that route, uh, I'd be super cool. I know they're talking about Stephen Capel as well. I did not get to see Creed two yet. I really do want to, um, but uh, but I mean, I, I, I love King has gotten a, gotten yeah. some talk. Yeah, and I and I love Black Messiah, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. So, yeah, um, the names. The directing names are intriguing for sure. They're they're good names. Now again, do they feel a little bit like what's hot? Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. and that's and, yeah. And you never really know what's the intention. Like you want to you want to say they're doing this because these are all great talented people, but then I also look at you know look they're all all people who have been attached to you know either a crowd. They all they all were hot yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Fun. Like we didn't know what Regina King was as a director. 
And then we saw, I mean, she may have directed some episodes or some stuff, but in terms of a movie director. Um, okay, One Night Miami, tremendous. But that was yesterday. Shaka King, you know, we didn't know in terms of a director, what kind of director Shaka King was. And, okay, Judas and Black Side, great movie. That was yesterday. It's not like we're talking about people with these long track records of success. So when I see you trying to find somebody to do a movie again, it just looks like it's reading the names off of the the Hot 100 list. Right. And that's, it could be great. I want to keep restressing that. It could be great. But I have questions. And, and that's 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 just uh, and so that's, that's my question too. If this movie is great, does Warner Brothers get a pass, or do or because I mean it's like should they or did they kind of just yeah fuck up? Uh, it's like weird. Like I think, look, I think that the tropes of I think the trope of going to a a era of quote unquote racial strife. I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna give a pass for that. I don't know. I don't know if it matters what I see. It could be fantastic. There are fantastic movies that get that. Twelve Years a Slave gets that, and it's a, one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, like right. so. It's it's not necessarily about necessarily the art at that point anymore. It's it's almost bigger than that when it comes to like exactly. how black folks are represented to the masses. So some stuff, no, they will never get. Your decision to do Kyle out, like none of that has anything to do with how good the movie will be, but I don't have to like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, exactly. So that's where. You know, like bringing on Regina King and whoever they cast as, as Superman, like all these things are going to be important. Bring on, you know, who the director is, who the who the, who the lead actor is, all the things are going to be important in terms of how the movie is and whether or not it's going to end up being good and whether it can be a classic. Does that absolve Warner Brothers at all? Not necessarily because we don't. I'm not too keen on their intentions here, but it doesn't mean I don't want to see the movie or I won't see the movie. You know. I'm, I'm, Gonna be excited, um, almost regardless. Just, I mean, look, we love Super, so you know, this isn't like it's gonna be the biggest movie of the year when it comes out. But, but I also have to see trailers and things of that nature. I mean, this is this is an exciting project because it's something we've never seen before. But it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, look, it goes back to the the Black Spider Man thing we talked about. We've talked about it for years. You know, who was it? Donald was it Donald Glover or was it Logic? Who like who who's always well, both of them probably right? They talked Ooh. about they. They wanted to play a black Peter Parker. Oh, no, no, that was, uh, that was uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, it was Donald Glover. Um, you know, that was that was controversial, <laughs> you know, at a time. And now this is what they're doing, you know. And I would say the Miles Morales thing is a better move. Warner Brothers seems to disagree. So, uh, whatever. Um, let's get to these last stories, Kendall. So, Emily Blunt. We've been talking for a long time. Uh, maybe it's been years. I don't know about the possibility of one day maybe seeing Emily Blunt and her husband John Krasinski as uh, Mister Fantastic and the Invisible Woman, that being Reed Richards and Sue Storm in the MCU. When the MCU acquired, or rather Disney acquired Fox, meaning they had the rights to the Fantastic Four and that they were going to be bringing them to the MCU, those calls to bring them to those characters or have them cast as those characters only grew. Howard Stern did an interview with Blunt where he came out, as he always can, said, hey, man, a lot of people talking about 
you being in this role. He said that uh, that that there is this you know movement to put you in this role. And Blunt said, "quote That is fan casting. No one has received a phone call. That's just people saying, wouldn't that be great?" She went on, you know, she talked about how she turned down being uh, uh, the Black Widow in Iron Man Two. Yeah, and she said, uh, "It's it's not that superhero movies are beneath her." But, quote, I love Iron Man, and when I got offered Black Widow, I was obsessed with Iron Man. I wanted to work with Robert Downey Jr. It would have been amazing, but I don't know if superheroes movies are for me. They're not up my alley. I don't like them. I really don't. Uh, so, you know, we're in, this in, we're in this industry where it's, you know, you have your denials. You have your, you know, you know kind of no comments. You have your situations here. I guess, how do you rate this blunt response in regards to the stuff with Sue Storm? So, let's, let's, let's unpack this from the sense that you just mentioned a good point in that we've seen now the playbook to a degree um, in terms of rating, whether or not we think something's going to happen or not, and all of these reports and how these, these actors tend to respond to them. Um, you know, I mentioned, I believe on this podcast before about, you know, how Ewan McGregor just blatantly lied for years about whether or not he was in communication with, uh, Lucasfilm about making an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, you know, he jokes about it to the point where it felt like he was probably begging that he wanted to make it. He kept saying, I would love to do it. Lucasfilm would want to do it and you know he had to do, do the do the shtick and it was like man like does Lucasfilm really hate you in that ba- that much that they won't make Obi-Wan and eventually you know it got announced you realize oh no this has been in the works for, for a while he was he was doing a he was doing a a, a a bit but um you had that I mean most recently the most the most blatant one recently was the Tatiana Maslany one where she yeah uh I mean weeks before she was announced officially as She-Hulk, and weeks after it had been reported that she was She-Hulk, she just blatantly said it's not true, made up, never going to happen. I wish it was, but it's never going to happen. And then a couple weeks later, Disney Investor Day, they announced that she's playing She-Hulk. So, um, And we saw, not as, not as blatantly, but we saw a slightly similar situation with Haley Seinfeld, where she just wouldn't acknowledged that she was playing uh kate bishop even though it had been pretty much confirmed by a lot of traits um so all these things are uh are reasons to believe that emily blunt her saying that she's not playing sue storm and that she her and her husband haven't been contacted about these roles if they were would she say that would she say that she is i don't know um with that being said the way she said it um I don't think she's lying. I think she was being honest in this in this regard. I could be wrong, uh, but there's been no there's been no reporting suggests that Emily Blunt is in the mix. It's all fan stuff. She says she's not interested in doing superhero movies. Could there have been back channel communication where there was con where there was contact between Marvel Studios and an agent, and the agent said that doesn't interest her. Then that's it. You know. Um, she, at that point, she wouldn't be lying. I don't think that. I, ultimately, I don't think that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt will be playing Sue Storm. I still think the leader in the clubhouse is Jennifer Lawrence. I'm still. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, 
but I'm still mm-hmm. I still have my ears, you know, peaked to the to the news that she she was supposed to be filming something regarding Fantastic Four, which we know is not true, but did somebody say something and things got communication got mixed up? I don't know. So that's where I'm at with Fantastic Four right now. But I I would be very surprised if Emily Blunt and John Krasinski were playing Sue Storm and Reed Richards. And judging by these comments, I would be very surprised if Emily Blunt is ever in a Marvel movie or an MC or a superhero movie. Certainly a Marvel movie. So, and that's that's taking a a big actress off the table for Marvel. But I mean, a lot of people thought she would play Carol Danvers, and that didn't happen. That was a surprise. Um, mm. And then now we have this one where people are just assuming it because it's a Krasinski thing. We'll have Jean Grey eventually, and people will be probably saying the same <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually tend to agree. I don't... I think that she's being pretty honest. Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think that if you want to get in the good graces of this culture, I don't think saying I don't like superhero movies is the, is the move to do, even if you're lying. Like, I, like you know, we know like people still tweet about Robert Scorsese anytime a superhero movie does anything successful. So, uh, this is a, a community that doesn't forget. And we talked about how they they, we, they didn't forget with um, Natalie Portman. It took a long time for a kind of wound to heal before she was allowed back in. So, I can't imagine that this is your entry into superhero movies. So, I think she's telling the truth. Um, I'm not surprised either. I just feel like, you know, what we've seen in recent memory, Kendall, is that Feige tends to kind of just do what he wants. Like, I I can't, I'm trying to think of a a time recently where we saw a casting, I mean, maybe J.K. Simmons as, as a, as a, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, the recasting of him as J. Jonah Jameson. But besides that, even that was was in conjunction with, no, nobody was expecting that. That was a surprise. Um, but maybe you could argue that's something that like people w- have wanted. Like they, yeah. the anything about the Spider-Man is like, man, they ever did J. Jonah Jameson, like they should just bring him back. Like that is something that was said before. That is true. Yeah. Um, but besides that, there really aren't too many things where there were fan castings of who somebody should be, and then Feige said okay, and then did that. He didn't Most do with Black Panther, the, the, the Blade one with Mirshaw Ali, where. Uh, he, he clearly, that was that was him just saying there was no science really beyond. Marshall right. called me. Yeah, <laughs> this is the this is, you know that was the science. It was uh, he called me. Yeah. So it didn't matter what our plans now, were. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the people were saying, but I I would imagine at at that point that they you know if there was anybody that people wanted to play Blade, it was him. Right, but what I'm trying to say though is you're right about that. That's fair. But that's just, well, that's the closest thing. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is it's different because he didn't seek out Mahershala Ali. Yeah, he wasn't doing Blade. Yeah, I know. Right. He was just sitting around and he got a phone call, and he said, "I got to be this character." And in his mind, he thought this talent is too great in this potential opportunity for me to say no. But that wasn't him getting the pulse of the audience saying, what do they want? Oh, this is what they want. All right, let me get them. That's not what he does. We've, I've never seen him do that. He's gotten popular actors. 
he's gotten famous actors to play different roles, but it's never been a fan casting thing. Like, yeah. like you know, you get Kate Blanchett, like, that's great. We didn't know she was going to be hella. Nobody was asking her to be hella. She just made her hella because that's what he, in his brain, that's what he came up with. And there's plenty of other examples of that kind of thing. So, and this doesn't surprise me because I feel like he has a vision for Fantastic Four and it's probably not anything the fans are saying. So, this, I think that she's telling the truth. Now, again, we talk about whether or not she was being contacted. I also think about the fact that she's doing the movie Jungle Cruise with mm-hmm. The Rock, which is a huge project for Disney. Something that I think they've put a lot of a lot of investment in. Um, I'd be shocked if there was, again, no sort of back-channel communication through some of the Jungle, the jungle Cruise stuff that, oh, you're doing this Disney movie. Well, we got potentially other huge Disney casting that would be right up your alley. Would you have any interest in it? I, I'd be shocked. There was no con- no communication. They Again, they have her number. <laughs> so, I mean, again, the only thing would be if he just has no interest in it, which is very possible. That's what people aren't putting into putting into their brains that Kevin Feige is as we as I said on this podcast a couple of weeks ago arguably the greatest producer in the history of Hollywood so who he wants he, he can get anybody to play through Storm it doesn't have to be Emily Blunt it doesn't have to be John Krasinski playing Reed Richards he has his own way of how he wants to make these movies his own vision of how he wants his Sue Storm to be, how he wants his Reed Richards to be. And it may not fit under how these people are thinking. Yes, it makes sense with the whole family thing, but my bold prediction, I mean, I mean, it's not even that bold based on what we saw with, <laughs> we saw with Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man Quantumania, but I don't know if Reed Richards is going to be white. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then that whole thing gets blown up, right? So I, I don't know. That's why. That's why the whole Emily Blunt, you know, John Krasinski thing. And I mean, what we talked about it before. You know, I mean, it's Hollywood. Like, you know, we don't want an A Rod J Lo situation where it's like mm. now A Rod and J Lo buy the Mets, and then what? What now? What happens? Right. You know. They didn't exactly. buy the Mets, luckily, but I don't know. Like, yeah, luckily that, for me, you don't want to put fan. yourself through. You don't want to do business right. in, that, in that in that with that mindset. So it's yeah, it, it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. What do we think about uh, this rumor from that hashtag show? Pretty interesting. This idea that there is this plan to introduce Johnny Blaze in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This would be uh, a rebooted version of the Ghost Rider character, a new incarnation. And there's been rumors that Marvel has been hot for Ghost Rider for for a little bit, you know, ever since that uh, Gabriel Luna Ghost Rider show got canceled. It was basically because Something is coming with Ghost Rider. Nobody could say what. They were very hush-hush in terms of the reporters. The people that cover this are the scoop masters, so to speak. But they were like, 
trust Ghost Rider is coming. And that's why they're not going to do that show because that show won't be canon, obviously. Um, do you buy it? Um, so if you're putting him in Doctor Strange, I mean, is Nick Cage playing Johnny Blaze? Uh, well, they said that it would be a new incarnation. Okay, so, so it's, yeah, it's just, that's fair. Though, so that is an interesting idea. And I think it's it's smart that you went that route. Right. I'm just thinking about, you know, multiverse, and that, yeah. that's a Marvel movie that, um, you know, it's not like people love those movies, but, mm-hmm. I mean, Nicolas Cage, like, people will remember it. You know, if you put it in the movie, it wouldn't be like people. I mean, younger people might not, but anyone over the age of twenty-one <laughs> will be like, "Oh, those old Ghost Rider movies." Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even seen it. Yeah, they, the- yeah, if you, they've run enough on TNT on uh, you know, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> on right. on, uh, on uh, you know, uh, lazy weekends. You see yeah, them exactly. So you know, the, T- the TBS, you know, one PM yeah, feature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean. In terms of Ghost Rider, I mean, look, I still every I <laughs> this is gonna be a complete exaggeration, but every day I go back and I rewatch that scene of Johnny Blaze in Agents of Shield, um, <laughs> where Robbie Reyes is 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 telling the story of the Good Samaritan, and the Good Samaritan is Johnny Blaze who saves him, and he's telling the story of how he got his powers. Um, still, to me, one of the five biggest moments in Agents of Shield. Um, you might be able to say top three, but Agents of Shield was pretty crazy. So I don't know if I'll go that far, but it's one of the top five moments in that series, which was a long-running series. Um, which again, pretty crazy show. So for that to even make that list, it, it, it was, was was nuts. But um, like there is clearly, at least from my perspective, a, a massive interest in them doing Johnny Blaze. I think we saw with Punisher, you know, like them putting Punisher in Daredevil after his two movies were mostly unsuccessful. I would argue similar, similarly successful to, to Ghost Rider. Like, although Ghost Rider had a bigger star connected to playing the main character. Um, like, there was still room for that, wiggle room for that story and that character to be great. It just wasn't done right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, whether I, I believe it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, to bash their reporting. They're saying that this is going to happen. It's very possible. I mean, the Darkhold was in WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly going to go with some of the mystical stuff. There was no Mephisto. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Probably unlikely just because I wouldn't have expected Ghost Rider to show up. But, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of whether or not I want to see it, uh, why not? You know, I think it, mm. this certainly seems like it's going to be a bonkers movie. I'm still, the one thing about Doctor Strange that I'm still interested in is what's going to be America Chavez's, uh, yeah. role in this. Say, I mean, gotta, I, yeah, because, I mean, they've been building up, building up her Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's one of the top build characters in the, in the, in the movie. Exactly. You know, and we didn't have any, we had no idea before Investor Day she was even in it. There has been really no conversation about her being in the movie. I feel like it's going to be like Joaquin Torres in Falcon and Winter Soldier, where like we didn't know he was in it. Like, I mean, they they were said, but like there was no promotional thing right. to suggest that he was going to play any role, and then he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm glad. So, you, I'm actually yeah. I'm actually glad you brought up 
Falcon and Winter Soldier because I have a little concern about this idea because Johnny, well, I, I feel like in some ways, like Marvel's kind of in a, a little bit of an interesting pickle regarding how they handle side characters in the future. Because to me, Johnny Blaze is a pretty major character. You know, like he's someone who you could build a franchise around, as we saw. Yeah. With a movie that's going to have so many moving parts, we know we'll at least have two major superheroes. Maybe you'll have Holland, but we're not 100% sure about that. But Or some other Spider-Man. But nonetheless, it, it does feel like a weird spot for you to introduce such a prominent Marvel character. I just don't know the justice you're going to be able to do. You know, unless it's like a really throwaway cameo. And if that's the case, I don't know if it's worth it. You know, it's because to me, like Ghost Rider, like to me, like either you're all in, like to me, Ghost Rider, this is the kind of story that Ghost Rider should be front and center in. If this is what you want to do, like he shouldn't be no like one scene cameo. Like you're dealing with different dimensions. You're certainly going to deal with uh, the underworld and hell probably with this movie. Do you want to deal with any characters in that realm? He's the guy. Him and Mephisto. Those would be the two. So, if we're going to go down that route, I, just can't, I don't want this to be wasted on, again, something that's just a fan service little short thing. And maybe they'll see that, that whoever they cast or whoever they want, they may be a larger role for it, but the reason why I brought up the, 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 the Disney shows and how it kind of messes up the game is because I've seen you develop side characters before. We talk about Joaquin Torres. We talk about Monica Rambeau. These are characters that we saw that development over multiple episodes. And that brings us the excitement to see them in the future. You know, even Randall Park's uh, character. Yeah, like, he who's not even a hero. Like, like to me, like, there is value in that. And to me, a, a character like Ghost Rider would, would, would deserve that kind of build up or make him as high in the movie as america chavez like he's the fourth billing in the movie then i'm like all right i'm cool it's a little bit of a weird mix it got in there but let's see how it goes but if you're talking about we're gonna mix him in here kind of quick and quiet i don't know about that that's why i wonder if this is not the ghost rider moving forward because that doesn't make any sense like ghost rider to be just a multiverse kind of cameo doesn't make any sense for for then to you like use that as a way to introduce him. Um, like he's got to be, you got he like he said he's got to be somebody we almost know going into the movie he's gonna be in it like Black Panther in Civil War, like so that's why this is confusing a little bit. But at the same time, I mean you know look Ghost Rider is CGI mostly <laughs> mostly so i don't even need to know just like he wasn't in, in in agents of shield i don't even know who i don't I really don't even need a casting so like he could be in it and me and like we could not know anything about it until it happened that's the that's the easiest way for those things to happen is um you don't even say who's playing him because he's nobody's playing <laughs> nobody anybody knows so it doesn't even get leaked um you saw that a lot with a lot of the star wars situations but but yeah, um, ultimately, I, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen. But it, 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 I mean, again, I don't want to say it's not when we don't even know who the villain is. Mm-hmm. And if the villain is somebody that's going to be a little more supernatural, 
Ghost Rider is a character that makes sense to play in that sandbox. Speaking of Ghost Rider, and this is a show that he once appeared in, another characters or a group of characters that appear to be also uh, potentially being be ready to be introduced to the MCU are some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Popular show on ABC, lasted about seven or eight seasons. According to Great Freaking Robot, John, excuse me, Giant Freaking Robot, why did I say Great? Giant Freaking Robot, um, they say, uh, quote, Marvel does want to bring back the characters from the show, but will treat them as new to audiences. It will essentially be a soft reboot of the property and characters that will act as a tip of the hat to old fans while complete, being completely accessible to anyone who has never saw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Kendall, Sham, who's on this podcast, I and mean, we've all, especially Sham, have really banged the drum about how it would be great to see Coulson back, Agent, uh, uh, Agent Coulson back, Daisy Johnson back, some of these characters they introduced in that show back in the MCU, considering this show was originally part of the MCU. And there was that little interesting uh, thing done over with the Disney Plus app in, I want to say it was it's overseas. I don't know if it's in Europe or Australia or any part of the country. But I know outside of the United States, in the Disney Plus app, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now appears under the Marvel Legacy section of non-canon content. Yes. Like with X-Men and with like the old Fantastic Four movies and that stuff. <laughs> Which angered a lot of people. Yeah. Agent Carter as well. And humans as well. Yes. All of it now in that section of non-canon. Angering a lot of people considering those movies, those shows were introduced as canon to the MCU. So here you have this story coming out. This one, um, I hope it's true. It's better than nothing. I love those shows. But, I mean, those shows went off. You know, we don't name our podcast any like weird titles, but if we want to name this podcast, the name will probably be Off the Reservation because we've probably gone off the reservation a bunch. Uh, and this, uh, that show went off the reservation. I'm using the word, the phrase now for like the 10th time today. That show went off the reservation a great deal pretty early on. Like, you know, probably around at least being generous season four you're you're pretty much now in a whole new world i mean see you can already season three even it's like not dealing really with much of anything that's going on in the marvel universe uh so like yeah i think that we're in a you're in a position there where if you if there, there are characters that have great value like daisy johnson and there's a history with a very popular daisy johnson that has millions of fans it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me to recast. You might as well try to bring them in. And there was enough established, and there was not a lot of collaboration. But I'm sure there was at very least a little bit of collaboration in regards to the Coulson and Daisy character. Coulson came from a Feige movie in Feige movies, so you know there's a relationship there, and there's uh, you know a thing there. So I, I think that this would make sense to do it this way. Um, I think with Coulson, maybe he's the most like. If you're going to bring him back, he's like the most character where you can't just act like he just showed up. Like you're going to have to explain him being around considering he died in the Avengers movie. And if you want to say, okay, anything that happened in, you know, whatever was not canon, that's fair. But then you're going to have to rehash that whole thing of how he's back. Uh, do they want to do that? We'll see. I don't know. But I, I thought that the tea leaves were there when we saw Coulson in Captain Marvel that 
I know we've been fighting hard and we've been very nervous, but I felt like, okay, they, they brought him in Captain Marvel. They know he's in a TV show now playing this character. That tells me that, yeah, they, they, they feel a way about these characters and hope that they'll bring them back. So if this is what they want to do, I'm rocking with it. Um, I, so first of all, they're making it to feel not canon, potentially. Um, I don't feel as strongly about it, uh, on the negative side. There is some, I don't say it makes sense, but like, like you said, there were, they did a lot of things in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if you're Kevin Feige and you're Marvel, and I told you, there's one or two ways we can go about this. We could acknowledge Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all those, all, everything that they did, everything that happened in Inhumans, Agent Carter, you can acknowledge all of it, pretend it all happened. Uh, but then that means that takes everything they did out of out of your hands. You can't use those characters anymore, or we could wipe it all away, and you can now do your own interpretation of what they did in Agents of Shield uh, in the movies. I think that they they probably looked. I'm sure they watched the film. <laughs> they were like, right? Uh, they used too much. We gotta we yeah. gotta we gotta pull it back. You know, there's characters in there. And we talked about how they had to use, you know, Valentina, you know, De Allegra or Allegra De Fontaine, you know, in in whatchamacallit, in, in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, in part because they already used the 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 other Madame Hydras. <laughs> so now yeah. she's the last one standing, more or less. Um, they they used, I believe they used a, a, a Victoria Hand in yes, Asia Shield. They used uh, Deathlock. Yeah. Um, you know, and we not to mention, obviously, the big one is the Inhumans in general yeah. uh, that they use. And, of course, Daisy Johnson. And, that and a thing like Daisy Johnson is going to be a little bit more controversial. That situation where you may want to actually, like, just bring Chloe Bennett back. And maybe it's canon, maybe it's not. But that's a whole other conversation. But, like, Daisy Johnson is a major character. I, I don't consider that baggage. Like, I consider that a, a plus if you or if you're able to transfer a character and everything that's, that's happened with her. Um, similar to, like, the Netflix characters. Like, I don't consider dead, Daredevil baggage <laughs> if you have to bring him in. Like, that's great. Uh, all that canon. But um, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's a little bit more questionable, some of the stuff. Um, and then, of course, the major thing, again, the Inhumans were such a mess. Right. Like, could you single-handedly, could you single that out as saying that's not canon with everything else happening in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is? Maybe. Then even then, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a lot with the Terrigen Mist and the Inhumans being a thing. And, like, I don't know if there's anything they even want to mess around with right now and right. say that ever happened. You know, so that's why I can see them saying, let's not do anything with those characters. Maybe, again, maybe, you know, like this report saying, maybe you, you know, sprinkle some of them in here. Um... I mean, I love the cast. The cast is amazing. Love to see more Ming Na Wen, more, uh, more Agent Fitz, more Agent Simmons, more Mac. You know, like there's plenty of great characters they introduced in that in that series. But um, it's kind of tough. I mean, Mockingbird. You can't do Mockingbird now. You know, <laughs> like so. There's so many, so many different, so many different ways where I could see why, you know, why they would have said, "No, this is Marvel Legacy." They haven't done it, of course, yet in America, but we'll see. I feel like that will happen eventually. 
we'll see how it goes, man. But I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a super popular show. I hope that they want to bring these characters. We'll see some of the actors. I think that we will. Um, but I know that these are characters, actors that are too important, you know. I think, you know, Daisy Johnson is someone that certainly would be a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to be in this kind of no man's land that, you know, maybe they won't want to do anything with her because Chloe Bennett did so much. I think that that's a benefit, you know. Some aspects, maybe you do want to kind of just say, okay, again, you did Victoria Hayne, you did some of the other characters, we're going to just do our own thing. But there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, again, I don't know if it's like game, game box office game changing level of goodwill, but I think that there's a lot of goodwill with that show. That if you did bring those people back, it would, it would create the headlines, it would create the uh, the excitement, and it would create a, a buzz and, and, and lead to engagement. You know, know what would create what, what a bigger the, uh, headline? I don't know what the uh, downside is to it. No disrespect, Dayton's of Shield. You know what would create a huge, uh, a much bigger headline if yeah, you announced no. an Inhumans movie with with an actual oh. royal family? Now maybe that has nothing to do with Dayton's of Shield. I don't know. Those okay. are conversations that I'm sure they're having. But um, if that's what if that means sacrificing the Agents of Shield, it, I think it does feel like they're in a weird position with the Inhumans, considering you're doing Miss Marvel and it's coming so fast and. We don't. You can't ignore the royal family if you're doing Miss Marvel, and we know they they've already almost pretty much confirmed that the Inhuman thing is going to play a part in her story. So I don't. Yeah, it has to. But you can't just say, "Oh, I don't know what's I don't know what's up with me." Right. (laughs) I can stretch all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. I'm a mutant. Like you can't. Like they're gonna they're gonna acknowledge that she's an Inhuman. From there, like. I think like Inhumans will be in the show. I don't know if the royal family oh. will be in the show. I, I don't know if the royal family will be teased. I my guess is that the royal family will be teased in Miss Marvel. My bold prediction. I think they got it, man. Like you can't you can't continue Miss Marvel and not do the royal family. You did the Inhumans thing. Movie didn't work out for whatever reason. You decided to make it a terrible TV show. Nobody remembers it. Me, you, and Sham are the three people that watched the show. So. Look, we'll, we won't say anything if y'all won't say anything. It's all good. And y'all Marvel... Can, y'all can introduce Black Bolt. It'll be all good, and we all have a good time. And let's let's make this bread. What what do you think happened with the Inhumans thing, where it was like... There was such a... Like, four or five years ago, there was clearly... You just look at... We follow how Marvel as a company clearly used... They clearly use their other media formats to get people ready for what they're going to have released uh, on in theaters and the big stuff. And if you watch the cartoons, the Inhumans played a huge role in almost every cartoon that they released in the last five, six years. In the video games. I mean, the most recent video game that they released, Marvel's Avengers, the main character is, is, is Miss Marvel. They... They had Inhumans on, you know, Marvel also analyzed the Inhumans play a huge, a huge factor. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there are Inhuman characters on Marvel versus Capcom. Like, in the video games, in the in the cartoons, they they clearly what there clearly was a, a push to make the Inhumans a huge character for them. And there's been no, there's, there's been no pay, payoff. When they had a movie, like, we knew why they were doing it, because they had already announced they were doing an Inhumans movie, and then they were like, 
scrap that. We're not doing that. We're going to just push the TV. You guys can deal with it. What do you think happened with that in, that Inhumans? Oh, man. I don't know, dog. I really, I really Did they don't. have a script and they were like, man, this this ain't working, man. With, I mean, the rumor was that Vin Diesel was like supposed to play Black Bolt. Like, he was already right. saying, yeah, I'm, I'm playing Black Bolt. I, I won't talk. It's the opposite of my group role. But yeah. And yeah. Then, I don't know. I mean, I hate to say, it. I it's like just, they're doing it's, the inter- the eternal. Man, so I tell you what, if, if, you know, I'm a, I like to speak things into existence on this pod, and I feel like one day we will have a great interview with uh, Kevin Feige, and that is one of the number one things I'm gonna want to ask. Him. He, he may not want to answer, but he can't stop. Well, maybe he can't stop me to ask. I don't know. But I know that it's a question that I'm going to ask if I can ask him. Like, and, and a lot of it, to be fair, in terms of, like, what he may or may not answer is because, you know, he, he has these plans and he doesn't want to divulge any further. But I would hope that he could at least rewind the clock back. Be Okay, forget about your plans over the future. Just what happened here? What were you, you not going to do here? Yeah, tell me as much as you can about a movie that was happening that is the only Marvel movie that you just be pulled from a calendar, ever. And... The result we got was just an abomination. That clearly, I, he wants nothing to do with it, and rightfully so, clearly he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. What happened? So, Why did so you how, Yeah, how did that come about? I mean, I, I really, and I don't like to cop out and say I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I don't have any guesses. I, I, to, to even make up a guess now would be me and making I'm up sure something. I, I don't know what happened. Like, what were some of your biggest, what are some of your biggest regrets? So far, with Marvel Studios, I'm sure the, the handling of that property is probably up there. I don't know if it's number one. I'm sure he's got other things that we don't even know about. But in terms of things that we know about, it almost has to be on the list. If not, then I'll be like, man, Feige, I think you're a little out of touch on this one. Because, like, again, you're doing the Eternals. Nothing wrong with the Eternals. But, like, they did not prep anybody for the Eternals. Like, they're just doing that. <laughs> they could have they could have spent these last five years showing the Eternals and all these different cartoons and video games. They decided not to. Instead, they wasted all that energy and time and money on the Inhumans, <laughs> which we've got no payoff for. So from a company perspective, that's bad money. But on two characters, it was not, not like the Inhumans were more popular than the Eternals. It's not like, you know, the masses knew that much more about the Inhumans than, they, than we did about the Eternals. But um, that's where we are now. Now, again, the payoff now is going to be Miss Marvel, which is going to be great. But it's not canon to anything we've seen in the MCU. It's the first thing they're doing. It's uh yeah, it's crazy. I, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't even know I don't know what to make of it. And that inhuman situation, this is gonna be one of those legends. Like again, I hope I get to I hope I get to hear the story. Like we're working on this joint. I hope that whenever Feige's ready to tell that story, <laughs> we'll be the ones to ask. I feel like a lot of people forgot. I don't know a lot of people really like. I don't think that. Okay, I think people will care again when they announce they're doing. Yeah, probably. Human. And maybe, and they'll probably care when Miss Marvel comes out. Yeah, but like probably. But I think considering I think we forgot, and I'll be honest, again, we were the three people who watched the show, <laughs> so maybe we feel way about it because we we're like, "Yo, dog, we sat through the fallout of that implosion. I need answers." I'm still damaged. <laughs> I want to know what happened. So maybe there's some Everyone's of that going on. Everyone's asking about Daredevil. Everyone's asking about Luke Cage. I thought Everyone's that's what you were going to say when you said what would be the bigger thing. I thought you were going to say Daredevil. But but yeah, Inhumans would be, yeah. yeah. 
that would definitely bring a lot of attention and grab a lot of headlines. This was a great pod, man. As I as I alluded I, to I earlier, I was going to say, oh uh, yeah, oh, oh real no, quick, we had uh we had one more thing, right? Yeah, I was going to say about uh Batista. Yeah, Dave Batista. Yeah, Batista. Really, we can well get on that. Real. Yeah, we're well over the two hour marks. We gotta make this fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. We're like two oh seven. Yeah. Right now. But Dave Batista, um, I mean, he he was uh, he was asked recently about his future with. Uh, you know, Marvel and the Drax character with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was pretty uh, upfront about his feelings and feeling like Marvel did a poor job of moving forward his character. And he, he acknowledges that he feels like the end of his journey is coming up very soon. He, in his words, said that Marvel had, quote, dropped the ball. <laughs> that's a hard, that's, a, that's harsh, man. But my question for you, EJ, is he wrong? Um, about the Drax character, I I can make the case the Guardians in general, the brand isn't as strong as it was after the first one, but for Drax particularly, I think he 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 could he I think he has a gripe that they had a backstory that they established in the first one that they've kind of ignored. Well, now. I think I here's what I'll say. I think that if turned him into a comedic, I think Dave sorry. Batista. And like I said at the board of the party, look, Dave Batista is not shy to be like, I don't like this creative. That's how he was <laughs> right. as a wrestler. It's just, it's always how he is. And he does it in a way that you almost can't even be mad at him about it. He's very upfront. It's not, it's not personal. He says, this is not, a, he said, this is not a dig at Marvel when he made the quote. Because um, <laughs> I think in my, his, his head, I don't think he thinks of it like that, to be honest. I think he just thinks, oh, this didn't work out as well. And this is why. But... I think he's wrong a little bit only because I think he didn't really read the tea leaves. When we saw the first Guardians movie, his character was great. But in terms of serious, um, what's the word? The serious plot points moving forward, they weren't, oh, Siri thought I was talking to her. Why did this the second week in a row that happened to me? Um... The, the the I guess because I said the serious, but um no the, the the plot points moving forward, his character was very low on the totem pole. Like yes, they all were kind of for a movie that was a comedy. The first one, they all were brought together, kind of it was kind of serious. Like all of their plights and all their issues when they came together, it wasn't right. like none of them had like this comedy comedy. They were they were funny, but they all kind of had sad stories. Hence why they all wanted to join yeah. together to stop. You know, Ronan the Accuser and eventually stopped Thanos. Like, but but when it came to moving forward, it was very cool that Star-Lord and uh, Gamora, in terms of serious stories, they were the ones that were going to be invested in. And everyone else was just comic relief. You know, Groot just turned into, but, Groot turned into a baby. You know. But I would you know, argue that even Ra- though Rocket, you know, this, this third movie is supposed to be a Rocket movie. But... Once they decided that Quill and Gamora was where they were going, then Rocket was just hanging out with the baby. So then, but where does that those leave Drax? Even given more than Drax, that's the question, and I don't know. Because even with I mean, Groot, again, Groot was a baby, and then he was a baby. Then he was a teenager. I don't think he was given a lot. <laughs> he was yeah, given I, less yeah. than Drax. Yeah, I, I mean. 
And, know, and again, Rocket Rocket, Rocket had some stuff. He had some lines here and there. Yeah. A lot, like, def- there definitely is a backstory to Rocket that they're going to explore. They've been teasing at it a little bit. But... Right, and, that, and that's that's where I feel like there's been a progression with some of these characters, whereas with Drax, he's going in the other direction. He's going backwards. Like, they gave him, like I said, a good initial story, and since then, they haven't really touched upon it. Now, look, he's going to be in... They're going to be in Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, I don't expect him to. I don't expect him to carve into that much in that movie either. Um, but we'll see what happens in Guardians too. We're also going to have the the holiday special. We'll see what that's about. James Gunn claims that's canon. And then we have Guardians three. Um, again, the Guardians brand, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's pushing the same way it did three years ago. But I think they kind of missed their. They missed the the moment when. Gunn had his controversy and they had to push back Guardians 3. Um, like, I feel like Guardians 3 should be coming out when Suicide Squad is coming out. But instead, it's not coming out like two years from now. And I don't and know. Like, and I, and, oh, man, I hate to do this because I do like the movie. But I'd argue they kind of dropped the ball with Guardians 2 just as an idea. Like, I think the movie you don't think was they good. Done it or they should have done a different type of movie. They should have a different type of movie. The movie was good. I liked the movie. I think if we're being honest, the expectations we had, I don't think they were met. No, not at all. Creatively. I don't know what it did numbers-wise. Money probably was fine. Creatively. I think the expectations were pretty high. Everyone loves the first movie. Uh, second one was was a good movie. Again, I don't think anyone thinks it was bad. I mean, people, everybody thinks some things are bad. I think a, a lot of people don't think it was bad. But I think I think we kind of looked at that second movie and said, okay, these characters in this team, they, they may have they may have a peak. They may have a ceiling. And maybe the ceiling is just the first movie. So we could say, okay, maybe they need to do Guardians 3 quicker. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would have fixed anything. Yeah, I hate to say that because I really, I really like all the actors Let's think in about terms it. of their portrayals of these characters. But I, you know, let's be real. Yeah, when the Disney Investor Day came about, I mean, the thing that they announced that I think got the least amount of buzz was Guardians Three. Now again, we knew it was coming out, but I mean, there was still <laughs> I don't think I don't know if there's any conversation about Guardians Three. I mean, they announced a holiday special. I don't think anybody really cared about that. And no, again, nope. we had yeah, they they've been hyping up that that holiday special for a long time. I still have found trouble finding people that care. Yeah, that's gonna be and, an and to be honest, I care. I I mean, uh, I've never seen this thing done in like the modern era. Like I know Star Wars did one, a couple yeah. of movies that dumped something in the past. This is not. This is a cool concept. And not live action. You'll see an animation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, not in live action. This is a really cool concept, and I'm very intrigued to how they're going to do this. And it's just like, I don't know. And like part of me is like, well, look, maybe because Marvel plays such a big, uh, they, they, they do such big game hunting when it comes to their stories. Like, maybe you just feel like this is just like not important. Maybe? I don't know. I, I, I think it's more than that. If you told me there was a Spider-Man, I know that's being unfair. Spider-Man is the biggest Marvel character. I don't know. I, if you could have told me if it was Ant Man, I, I think yeah, honestly, that, I think there would be more intrigue. I really do. 
Yeah. I also think, man, no, it's, it's similar to the Star Wars thing. I think that's clearly the inspiration. Because you're also talking about, like, a space character. What yeah. even is a holiday special in space? I don't know what that's going to look like. But again, Star Wars, they had Life Day, the 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 the, the Chewie, or what, what's Chewie? Uh, I don't even, I forgot what his race is. But the Wookiee, the Wookiee yeah, holiday, Wookie, yeah. <laughs> whatever, Life Day. But to me, like, I don't know. I think that this is going to be a real test of how the brand is and and honestly i don't think they should have announced the holiday special as early as they did like that's not something that. that you announce like more than a year in advance yeah you do that the year of i think yeah you announced that the year of yeah five six months from now you got a holiday special coming out people be like oh wow i can't wait for that you tell me you have a holiday special coming out in two years i don't care yeah is Guardians of the Galaxy is not Spider Man, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that's why that that announcement didn't hit. That was supposed to be the big thing with Guardians during the Investor Day, and it didn't make any sense. I, I don't, I'm not sure why they did it, but I mean, I know why they did it because they had it, they had it ready to, they had it ready to roll out. But like, you know, that's where they're at right now with Guardians. And, and look, Dave Bautista saying he's done playing Drax. James Gunn said there is not going to be a Drax without Dave Bautista. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what that means for his character. I would imagine it sounds like the way things are going that there may not be a the Guardians of the Galaxy may be reboot. Yeah, the thing about the, the thing about the Guardians is the Guardians can be anybody. Exactly, and that's what they've been. Like, whoever in is playing Adam Warlock could wind up being like the face of the Guardians after the three. Possibly, we don't know who's playing Adam Warlock. But Adam Warlock could wind up being like the rumor with Zac Efron. That was like the fan casting that everybody's been talking about. We'll see if that one ends up being being true. But like, like if if, if, like, if it were Zac Efron, for example, like if it was somebody that big, like that guy man to being the new face, replacing Chris Pratt, and that's maybe how they move forward. But I mean, and maybe you keep Rocket. He's not a he's a he's a, he's a voice character. Same with Groot. But like Gamora. Whatchamacallit, uh Star Lord. Star Lord Drax could be moving on. And I think that Gunn he has said, I mean, he has said that his vision was three movies. That's how he's envisioned this the whole time. So I don't Right. I, I think that like anything that we've at, we we've considered to go beyond that is us just assuming that Marvel can convince him to continue to keep doing this, but there's no reason to think that they would. So I think that anything is anything really is possible. And I'll isn't there a Groot Disney Plus project coming out as well? Yes, I am Groot. At least let's rocketing Groot. Oh yeah, I am Groot. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what that's about as well. But again, they're not they're not shy about they're investing in that brand. That brand is popular, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as popular as, as it was when they probably crafted all these ideas. <laughs> yeah, and again, exactly. some of that is because the second one wasn't as good as the first, and that happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we are we are really out of time. <laughs> but I, I appreciate everybody, man, for rocking with us with this podcast. I know it was a little long. Definitely shout out uh, Sham. Uh, he was not expected to come on the podcast. He just was in the building um, and stopped by. So I appreciate him coming on, and I appreciate you guys for checking us out. So of course. 
You can catch all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. If you love basketball, we got a lot of basketball content on there. Just very recently posted, so make sure you guys check us out on there. New Generation Media on YouTube. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us individually on social media. Kendall can be found on Twitter at New Gen Ken. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for checking us out once again. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.